morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Friday, that means our friend, Chief Graham Puba here at Pressbox. Stan the Fan Charles is back in studio with us. Stanley, good to see you, sir. Good to see you guys. Last Friday, we'll see you for a little bit. Well, we'll try to, actually, I, I ideally, we'll still see you. We're gonna work yeah, we're going to try and work on that, right? I want to I have you do it via video. So okay. we got to work on that and what that looks like. But Stan's headed down to uh, Sarasota. You're sending a producer down with me. Well, well, I mean, Luke will help with some of that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but he doesn't get there to the 12th. Well, then for the first couple of days, you're on your own, Stan. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stan's headed down to Sarasota to spend some time with the birds. Uh, but uh, we'll have him checking in and uh, maybe even like doing some videos, maybe some little uh, video interviews with different folks and sending those back for us to share those as well. So uh, we'll look forward to you all mean, that. You mean like the ushers? And yes, that's exactly who I was thinking of. Well, if you can get Usher, that would be great. You know, like, well, he, get his, he's fresh off the Super right? Bowl. Yeah, a lot going on. Um, so we'll look forward to that coverage from uh, down in Sarasota and spring training. In the meantime, a lot of it brought to you by our new sponsor, Atmans. We love Atmans. Yep. We're working on some. For those that don't know, there's a new Atmans location, and it's like a full on sports bar. And we're going to be telling you more about it and perhaps working on maybe an event or two with the folks at Atmans. So uh, looking forward to that. That will be great um, and a, a very cool expansion of the atman's brand into the uh, harbor east community harbor point sorry harbor point harbor thank point. you thank you harbor, harbor point, point. Yes. hot corn thank beef you. that melts in your mouth and they are open at 1401 point street at harbor point which is just adjacent to fells point yep i got lost on that thing we went past it because we couldn't i went to try and have lunch there about 10 days ago and it was parking situation there and then i found out you got to go into one of the garages and the first hour i think is free oh, very nice yeah very nice yeah. uh expanded menu at this atman's yes well, obviously all of the the corned beef yep. things that you know and love from atman's but even more of an expanded what, PBJ? menu. i don't think well probably you know what i mean like you bring your kids i bet they'd be willing to do it for you so, but anyway it's just adjacent to fell's point yes i didn't quite get that as i was driving through Harbor Point. Stan. That all of a sudden you come out the other end and there's Fells Point. Stan was uh, somewhere entirely different. That's okay. It was, That's like, okay. I, it was like a parallel universe I entered. Later like the on, Matrix or something. Later on in the program, uh, Hall of Famer Bobby Dandridge will join the program, which will be really cool. He is in town for CIAA tournament. I'm going to try to go this afternoon, by the way, depending on, on how quickly I can get out of here. There's a game at 2 o'clock. And I'm going to hope to get down there for that game after the show ends today, as long as I can get some other stuff squared away before then. But I haven't had a chance to get down yet this week, so I'm yep. hoping that I can do that today. Um, but Bobby Dandridge, of course, played at Norfolk State, but that was back when Norfolk was in the CIAA years ago. So he's in town celebrating those festivities as we get ready for semifinal day today at CFG Bank Arena. And then later on in the program, our friend Joe Serpico, press box NFL draft analyst. See what's uh, jumped off the page at him so far from the combine. If any of it actually matters, or it's just a bunch of nerds that are like, "Look at how high this guy can jump." I think and that's uh, mostly what it is. I think with Marvin Harrison Jr.'s uh, behavior, I think he should drop all the way to the Ravens. All the way to the Ravens is what yeah. you're thinking. That's what you're thinking. Kind of I don't think. Just... I don't think he will. 
I don't think that'll be the case. What's this one headline I read about? William Caleb Williams is not interested in uh, doing medicals. Yes, he's not doing. He's basically doing next to nothing. Right. at the combine. Right, and still will probably go number one. And that's a lot of people um, have pointed out that this is going to be more common. These players are starting to recognize the power they have and that they're kind of forced to go through this process to no benefit of their own. Like, they don't get paid for any of it. One of the stories that came out this week is, like, the NFL forces you to sit, like, in coach on these flights in, and so you've had... I thought it was a wild story earlier this week that a lot of, like, NFL reporters who were flying in from the same cities as some mm-hmm. of these players were were like, yeah, it was real weird when a 300-plus pound offensive lineman got on the plane last and had to sit in a middle seat. <laughs> the NFL forces you to wear the, this the their gear from a deal that they did with Tom Brady's. I didn't know that's who went. No Bull is the name of Tom Brady's apparel company. Yeah, you get apparently. to be in the NFL, though. So What's that? You get to be in the NFL. I understand that. Usually. More of the players are starting to recognize, like, no, you're going to draft me. Like right, I yeah, I don't I, need to show up, or I, I don't need to really fully yeah, do participate. all the things that yeah. you want me to do. You're, but, I'm gonna but get. Couldn't, Cal- couldn't Caleb Williams with his nil money uh, afford first class? I, I presume I mean, he's probably, probably yeah. about to I mean, sign a humongous Caleb, yes. contract. I don't think Caleb Williams was sitting in a right. middle seat and right. coach. I don't think that was the case. Right, um, and nor do I think it really is the end of the world that a like a sixth round you know player right. has to sit and coach. I'm not trying to pre- pretend that we should coddle all these pull, guys. Pull the violins out for yeah. them, but specifically maybe fly them on an airline where they don't. Maybe not on Southwest, right? Like maybe you put them somewhere where they have not a book, How about if they book through goose flights? I mean, I don't know. They have a medical problem. See, the thing is, it's got to be a non-emergency medical. Not emergency medical. They're too big for a regular plane. I don't know if they call that a medical problem, (laughs) Stan. I don't know if that's the case. But I'm glad you reminded me about goose flights because as we turn the page and we are into March, uh, goose flights remains the go-to delicious lager. That's purposely why we did it as a lager. Like it's a year-long beer. It is. There's no. Like, hey, this tastes great in December, but like in the summer, it's too much. This is a beer that tastes as good in December as it does in June. You mean like, you open up a can and you can have it for six yeah, months? Yeah, just leave it sitting open out on the windowsill and right. it'll be just fine, just fine when you go back to it in two months. No doubt about that. Still available at all those many locations. If you missed your chance to sign up for our contest, $1,000 Baltimore ticket credit, shame on you. But... Still available all over town, including cans available, specifically just cans available at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton, Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane, and the Glory Days Grill locations in the state of Maryland, cans and Sixers at the Costas Inn in Dundalk, and at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North, Sixers and Cases at the Wine Source in Hamden, one ninety-eight from every can sold goes to benefit the Goose Flights Foundation, the legacy of Tony Saragusa and what his family's doing to provide non-emergency medical transport to those in need. You can find that entire list of locations at pressboxonline.com slash gooseflights. All right, so if... Before we get in, uh, could you send me the thing uh, real quick? What thing? The, 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 you know, our, that thing. Yeah, our brakes and our... Uh, you didn't get that? I did not get that. Seems like something we should talk about before the show. It does seem like something that we should. I'm glad we're doing that now. All right. Stan. It's my fault for showing up at the yeah, last wait, minute. Wait a, no, yeah, it's yeah. definitely your, your, definitely your fault, yeah. Stan. Uh, all right. So a couple of things. 
before the show, you and I were talking. The other day when the news came in about Julio Tehran and uh, Colton Wong joining the Orioles in spring training, my reactions kind of went, because the first, we learned Tehran the night before we learned uh, Colton Wong. Colton Wong, yeah. So the first reaction I had to Julio Tehran is, wow, that's that's kind of interesting, right? Like, who knows? Maybe there's something he's a, there. He's a flyer. Like, you know. it's a lottery ticket, right? Yeah. I uh, after that being my initial thought and feeling that way, my secondary thought about Tehran specifically was, boy, that's probably their way of telling you they're not doing anything else pitching-wise. Probably. Th- this is what they're doing, is they're taking a flyer in Julio Tehran, and it's going to be this group of guys. So if you were still holding out some pipe dream that it was going to be a, a one-year, the market comes back, Blake Snell will sign somewhere for a year, to, I, it, they're probably telling you they're not doing that. Yeah. And that's what they're doing with Julio Tehran. And there's probably room somehow for I, – I don't know what what other teams told Julio Tehran, but I don't know that there's a major league job to be had for Julio Tehran at the end of spring training. Yeah. So my gut tells me – He's like an insurance hedge. You know, in other words, we're counting on Wells and yep. and, and, Irvin. and Irvin – to be the five, four and fives until Means is available, and we see definitely that Bradish is going to be out for the right. year. We don't know that yet, but I, you know, yeah, most but, of us are but he's a hedge in case there's an injury and they don't have to pay seven or eight million for Michael Lorenzen or something. And like that's that. so. I, and I'm not trying to suggest that Michael Lorenzen was going to end up being the diff- difference in this right. team winning a World Series, but I, I would have been okay with them saying, "Hey, we just need some more." amount of more pitching because this goes back to my concerns about the bullpen mm-hmm. right like and i i can't shake that i'm concerned until we get into real games and they prove otherwise and dylan tate looks like the dylan tate of a couple years ago right and, you know until we get there i'm going to be concerned about the bullpen so i would have liked a strength in numbers hey let's add something somewhere and that addresses some sort of problem whether Julio Tehran ultimately can be helpful, and I think there'll be room for him to end up in Norfolk. I think there will be room because I doubt that there will be somebody else that is banging down Julio Tehran's door at right. the end of this, and it feels like... He'll probably have an opt-out of May, to May 15th or something. If, he's not, if yep. he's not up in the major leagues, there'll be some sort of thing where he can go out and yeah. sign with if the... If somebody else has an yeah. interest in doing that. Yeah. Um, but I, I have no... Colorado Rockies. I obviously have no issue with you taking a flyer on someone mm-hmm. because why you know what issue would someone have with that but do i have any expectations for it not whatsoever right i have no idea why they bring colton wong into camp i i can't you have a position player problem to begin with you have too many guys which again when we say it's a problem it's not really a problem it's a great problem like please give me that problem Every year for the rest of eternity that we spend, you know, caring about the Baltimore Orioles. I, the, the scenario that was presented to me is, is it possible that they are planning something with a trade and Colton Wong is here to be the backup plan after they use their position player depth in order to acquire someone else? Well, that's an interesting supposition because it, it sure seems like what we've heard is that Jackson Holiday, they, the club, wants him to make the team. Right. 
and he's got to play up to that level. They're not just handing him the second base job. Boy, and he really let everybody down again. Paul Skeens yesterday. Just, yeah. I mean, yeah. What a, uh, probably, I would say it's over. It's probably. Let's just be honest yeah. about yeah. that. Yeah. I like, mean, I he may have to go back yeah. to double A. Right. Yeah. This, is, this is the end. Um, but having said that, I looked at Wong, and I'm going, what in what world does what he did in 2023, you know, mean anything? But, you know, if you go back to 2022, he hit 15 homers, knocked in 47 runs, had 24 doubles, hit 251, 339 on base, 430 um, slugging, so 783. I, that's a decent player, but last year – in Seattle, he hit a buck eighty, a buck sixty-five with a two forty-one on base and a two twenty-seven slug. Um, then with the Dodgers, he play, had thirty-four at bats with the Dodgers and he hit three hundred. So and hit two home runs and eight RBIs. He sort of to me is a newer version of kind of a cross between Roofnet Odor and Matt Carpenter. You know where they maybe they're hitting people, maybe somebody knows somebody and they know what he has to work on, and they're going to give him an opportunity to see what he's got left. Um, well, it's it's also plausible that they don't have any actual thought about Colton Wong as much as Colton Wong has a connection with somebody here. Said, "Hey, I'd like to be in a camp. Would you let me come in?" And I I don't know that the Orioles are in that business. I think they. I think I want to give Mike Elias more credit than that. To, to think, again, it's almost like the Oz, in Ozzy we trust mantra that we used to say about him, um, that there's something to this. Uh, the guy that doesn't quite fit in my mind on this team is uh, Urias, you know, Ramon Urias. Yeah. He's a nice player, but if Holiday makes the team, right. I would think Westberg's going to play a lot of third, third base. base. Yep. Um, I mean, he is versatile. But maybe they think that's the trade-off is Wong versus Urias at a certain point. Maybe they know they can get something for Urias. That's that's possible. I mean, it it's certainly – I can't be dismissive of it because yeah. otherwise it's weird. And, again, the answer could also still just be, hey, we think that ultimately we're going to be able to put stash this guy in Norfolk and he's our backup plan yeah. – that we can give a few at-bats to if something goes wrong so we at least have a major league caliber player that we can yep. turn to in a, in a bad scenario. he's supposed scenario. to be a very good defender, correct? Yes. Yeah, it's been, very good I mean, I, I didn't go into the the advanced stats, but he's He's won a gold glove. Yeah, he has won a gold glove. Two gold gloves, as a matter of fact. Player. I, I, none of it, I, I can't be bothered by, again, you can never be bothered by someone that's a lottery ticket. Right. There's a world in which, as long as your expectations are zero. My expectations for Julio Tehran and Colton Wong combined are zero. So I can't possibly be let down by them, right? Because I have zero expectations that either of these guys can find, you know, a form of, a, of years gone by and can be helpful for this team. So if they do anything, if Colton Wong delivers one hit for this team in one spot all season long, he will have surpassed my expectations for him. So I, I can't be hurt by this. It's just, you know, short of some bizarro world scenario where we love Colton Wong and we force him to play every day, but there's no no plausible scenario where that's the case. You know, he won back-to-back gold gloves. You know, in 2019... Oh, okay. That was the, stru- the, uh, yeah, yeah, the pandemic the, the season in 20. He won a gold glove in 53 games. 
But that was the yes, pandemic yes, because they only played 60 games yep. that year, yep. obviously. But he won 19 and 20. He won back-to-back gold gloves. Anything else that's jumped out at you before you get down there? Anything else that's jumped out at you as you've been monitoring that you have thought is particularly interesting so far? I mean, I have to be honest. They, they loved building up to when he got to the major leagues, the club. They really did love Kyle Stowers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I buried him uh, home run talking yesterday. to Eric. Yeah. Garfield, he's buried him, and he's got two home runs mm-hmm. so far in about three games. Um, interesting to watch. Yeah, somebody pointed out too. I don't remember who it was on Twitter. Like you look at his swing, and you're like, "Wow, that is that is really pretty. Like that is a really good looking swing." Now, again, I don't know that you can. It's so hard though. I mean, he swings harder than just. I mean, I guess I guess when you when you make contact. We don't see the full swing, you right. know, because it's the, right. the ball it hits the bat. Little, yeah. But with him, you go, wow, did he swing hard because he swings and misses so much, you know. I have no expectations for Kyle Stowers either. And like you and Eric, I've essentially written him off in part because of you know his failures when he got here. Yeah. But also in part just because of the sheer number of players that are ahead of him. It's almost impossible to picture a scenario where Kyle Stowers – could even be helpful like what to me still the biggest help he he provides you is reestablishing value in what he does where scouts are saying boy this guy yeah, and maybe you somebody know, else would want you know, to take somebody, a look at you know him. well and the flip side would be if you're trying to make a higher end trade if the orioles reestablish confidence in kyle stowers and they say because of that we're more willing to consider trading away calzer or trading away I, I don't think you would want it to be cursed, Dad, but let's just yeah. throw it out there. Um, we're more willing to consider doing that if it finds us a different piece because we think we still have something special in Kyle Stowers that can be an everyday major leaguer moving forward. Yeah. It it becomes interesting to the point just continuing to monitor it. Yeah, like yeah, and I think the other thing is, uh, look, Colton Cal- look, Kyle Stowers obviously has come to camp with the mindset is – Man, I'm I've blown my chance. Mm-hmm. I've got to do something to open their eyes again. Right. Uh, and I don't know. In two weeks, we might close our eyes again on him. But one, clearly, Colton Cowser is the early story for me in what he's provided so far. It really looks like he knows this is his moment to push the envelope and and push. He wants to not. He doesn't just want to keep the door ajar with his foot. He wants to cascade through the door. Uh, um, the interesting part, too, is we've talked a lot about you know how many at-bats there really are and how many of these guys they can really keep <clears throat> is what the time frame is for them to consider making bigger decisions, right? Like, And at what point, say particularly with an Anthony Santander, who's now coming up on free, free agency, yeah. do they feel the need to say, hey, we've got it. We can't just sit on this. Even as we're trying to compete, it still doesn't make sense to just hold someone to simply let them walk and do they accelerate their their thought process with someone like an Anthony Santander if they genuinely they look and say well we want Colton Cowser on the team and we want Heston Kerstad on the team right do they find themselves saying hey we don't want to do this because Santander is a hell of a player but if he doesn't have a long-term future here and, and another factor frankly is the financial wherewithal of new ownership right where they can sit down without predetermined. Like I'm sure Mike Elias, in in planning long term for the Orioles, has kind of planned that. Well, 
once Santander gets too expensive, we'll get rid of yeah. them. That's an entirely different situation now when David Rubenstein, worth $4.6 billion, and his, and his group take charge of the team. There may be a more honest conversation about which guys do you really want to keep. That, that's something we have to be open no to question. and not just dismissive of, oh, well, that's the way the Orioles do business. That's the way the Orioles I, did business I, the last five I, years. I wholly agree with exactly what you're saying, Sam, but I guess I would follow up and say I still feel like there's a – you have a redundancy problem with No this, question where, about it. Where um, I, I love Anthony – what's not to love about Anthony Santander, right? right? right. All he's done is, is far exceed whatever expectations you might have had for him when he came in as a Rule 5 pick. A uh, hell of an arm has been able to play two positions at a competent to mm-hmm. beyond competent level. He is a true power bat in the middle of it. Like everything about Anthony, and he's a switch hitter, a hundred percent. Everything about him you like as a major league baseball player, but he's not ever going to be Jeff Bagwell, right? He's never going to be a transcendent power bat. He's right. a good power bat, yeah. and given everything else you have, is there even room? To say, hey, let's commit to Anthony Santander, or if you're doing that, are you just getting in the way of guys that you like, that you think their skill set is even greater? I think if if money is not as big an issue, that when you compare him versus Mullins and and Hayes, right, I would oh, well, probably but, want him on my team over those two guys. I would have to see what Mullins looks like in a healthy full season yeah. this year because he still presents a skill set that is no hit, question what, about what, it. The ground he can cover. In the outfield, there are so few guys in all of baseball that are capable of covering that much ground. So that skill set alone. Now, I get it. He's also at an elevated age at this point. So you'd have to figure out how much longer you feel like he's going to be able to cover that much ground. Because as as a corner outfielder, no, you don't like him nearly... At that level, but if he plays 150 games this year, I want Cedric Mullins on my team. If yeah. he if he's like 105 games, yep. I get it, and he's a year older next year, yep. I gotta think about that. Yep. You know, yep. I mean, I I look at the big picture with Kobe Mayo, and I'm looking at how much talent there is around him, with the eventuality perhaps of Henderson moving to third, Holiday being your shortstop, Kobe Mayo to me looks like the guy to take. Mountcastle's place. Right. That's what. I, that's how I see it. But that when I talk about like at some point, are yeah, they the saying redundancy of is, is Kerstad's our right fielder, Mayo's our first baseman. Right. So where is there room for us to extend and keep Santander around, even if we designated like hitter? And how much Perhaps. of it is you know they just because they invested much more in Kowser and Kerstad as you know top top draft picks, and Santander was you know it was a Rule Five pick. Like yeah. there's, yeah. I I still don't want them to get I, like this is the tr- the tricky part. Easier to move on. I remember the final years of Manny Machado when I we were all keeping just saying like what what is, what are you doing what is going on here and the argument that it seemed like was starting in the warehouse is well we don't we don't want to trade somebody because it's no fun to do that and I was like but well, that's not a reason to make a move like you don't do something because it's not fun you know it's not fun is holding on to an asset and having its value depreciate in the process because. You're holding on for some hope that you're going to have a magical season, despite the fact that you're not building the right way. And I'm not trying to compare Anthony Santander to Manny Machado. I want to get abundantly clear. But that's the that's in the DNA of Peter Angelos was always if we have a chance, let's not give up a great player. 
until we're pushed to, yeah, to do it. you have to. And they waited a year too long to trade Machado. My, my thought press would be, it would be easier to say this year, hey, you really do have a chance, so you're definitely not going to trade Santander. You really have an opportunity to do something special this season. Yep. So why would you trade Santander? I still don't want to get in the habit of, well, let's just let guys ride out the free agency. If you believe in the other guys, if you think these other guys are ready – then what is Santander's value in a trade? Yeah. What what could It's just hard to say that Kerstad and Kowser are ready I, on March the first. I 1st, understand that feeling. as as opposed to we see Kowser really grab at at playing time this year. Right. We're Kerstad, you know. All right. So before because later this hour, the exclusive Stan the Fan exclusively unveils his first Baseball power rankings of Ooh. the year. Exclusive wow. right here on Glenn Clark Radio. That's exciting. We had to pull Exclusive. a lot of strings in order to make this happen. We had to do a lot of work. I'm, I'm still not. We might Admins get, came up with big dollars uh, to th- sponsor Thank me. God. Uh, we might get in trouble with some other folks that thought they were going to be able to get this exclusive, but we've got it here on GCR. Before we do that, Stan, you know, Philadelphia baseball fans and sports fans in general have a bit of a reputation of being, you know, insane, yeah. right? You know, they've solved the problem What's that? in Philadelphia. They're not going to have unruly fans anymore. They got to the bottom of it. What, they what was the cause of it? What the issue was, it was those damn dollar hot dogs. That was the issue. So they're gone. They have. There will never be a Philadelphia they fan. Dollar hot there will no dollar never dog be night another anymore? dollar dog night in CBP. Philadelphia Phillies history. It's gone. And Ever. are they? Are they announced? Have they announced that not only are they doing that, but that that the reason they're doing that? Yes, is, is because it's the root of, cause of uh, from from the Associated Press. For more than a quarter century, Phillies fans considered dollar hot dog night among the best ballpark promotions. But the team has now decided it was the worst get it yeah (laughs) very clever ap philadelphia writer those dog days of april when the philly weather is cold and the wieners are my god they went all in on this are going going gone the phillies officially ended the popular promotion thursday and replaced dollar dogs on select dates with a two-for-one deal at two april games at citizen bank park a statement from the team said the change was made quote based on the organization's ongoing commitment to provide a positive experience for all fans in attendance. And help people with obesity. Right, that's exactly what... You read that and you say to yourself, like, ah, two-for-one deal. I'd like to pay more for my hot dogs. Thank you, Philadelphia. What you might not know is the next couple of paragraphs. What wasn't positive about dollar dog nights? Armed with projectile frankfurters, some unruly Phillies fans began chucking their favorite Hatfield meat during a game last season, and the dogs soared like cans of corn throughout the stands and onto the field. The demand for the discount dogs also led to clogged lanes on the concourse, leading to security and safety concerns. So that part of this, if I'm in Philadelphia, go F yourself. You can solve that as a team. Saying it's out. How dare we want the holi- the dollar hot dogs? We're we're creating lines. Make them available at more locations. Problem solved. Right. Move the lines a little bit quicker. Have more people working those nights. Something along those lines, you can solve it. But the other part of it, the part where apparently on April 11th last year, the game turned into a Philly food fight when fans tossed their ballpark franks in several sections leading to multiple ejections. I'm 
my guess is this probably isn't as big of a problem as the Philadelphia Phillies want you to believe that it is, and it's just less of a headache for them because the team's good. They're not all that worried about whether people are going to go to the games or not. So and maybe they should. Oh, you think, you think there's going to be a revolt after the end of I Dollar mean, Dog Night? And so are they going to stop giving away free things like you know mini bat day? Yeah, or, they might throw those. Yeah, on yeah exactly. Too, right. Like, I remember. A fa- I remember a famous uh, incident at Memorial Stadium. It had to be. I know Dempsey was still on the team, so it was probably '86. Um, I remember it was seat cushion night. Okay. And there was some kind of wildly terrible defensive play, and it ended up that there was a play at the plate, and there was a terrible throw to Dempsey. And I mean, there must have been 200 seat cushions that came flying down from upstairs. Remember that very vividly. I remember something similar at a Redskins game at RFK Stadium once upon a time where I don't it might have been see something or foam fingers or something like that. Right. There was a questionable call in a game and all of a sudden everybody threw their, their whatever finger. they were down on the field. I, I you know obviously I have no concern because I wasn't going to go take advantage of the Phillies dollar dog night. Although I have said many times that I mean if I ever had a you know a night you know a night where I wasn't working or anything at, at and a younger age, dollar dog night to me was the best promotion in sports. Oh yeah, I I remember a buddy of mine was the SID at Drexel University and kept asking me to come up for a basketball game. He's like the Dude, Dragons. Yes, the Dragons. He's like come up for a basketball game, and I was like I don't know, Sam. Like I'll I'll get there when I can. And one night he said, well, tonight's Dollar Dog Night. And I said, Sam, <laughs> I'm there. I'll see you there. I Me and my brother did and it. And you led the first projectile group I'm of the fans. reason. It's my fault that Philadelphia can't have Dollar Dog Nights anymore because at the Deskolskis Events Center in Philadelphia, I said, this is terrible. And I threw my Dollar Dogs out of the – there's something great about going to your buddies and being like, tell you what, buds, next round's on me. And you go out, you come back, you feel like a king, carrying a bunch of hot dogs back for you. And When I was a younger man and I was going out with the boys more frequently, Mm -hmm. there was something very – our friend uh, AJ, who's a professional wrestler, was in the NFL for a long time. One day, um, not – it wasn't at – we were leaving an Orioles game, and there was a vendor outside the stadium selling dollar dogs, and he just plunked down a 20 and said – Everybody here and the next group of people afterwards, hot dogs on me. And it felt really baller, right? When the truth was, it was 20 bucks. (laughs) Like, it wasn't, it was basically what you would have paid for a hot dog inside the stadium, more or less. That's what the Orioles need to do. They need to step up and, you know, fill this uh, this mid Atlantic void. void. They want to welcome Phillies fans down now. Sounds like a good column for you, Glenn. I, I thought this was hilarious. Like, I kept saying, well, this will definitely solve the problem of the unruly fan behavior in Philadelphia. No doubt. You just make them pay a little bit more for their hot dogs, and all of a sudden they'll be a different group of people. Is there a Superbook prop on what the ah, price will be, great, an over-under on great, what the hot dogs will cost? Uh, Griffin, Are they going wanna, from a dollar to four ninety-five? I, I, I don't know. Probably is it. I, I, I mean, if I had to guess, at least four ninety-five, right? Like, at least that much. Uh, obviously, it's of no impl- influence on us. Although I, I would be, I would say mad is the wrong word because like, it's like apparently three games that they did this ad. So why would you really yeah. care? But I would be disappointed uh, if I were a, if I was in Philadelphia and I was doing radio there. I I would say this is a mistake. This mm-hmm. is this is wrong. And if you want to say, hey, well, it was wrong that folks were throwing things. Like, I, yeah. 
yeah, that sucks. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you do with that. I don't know how you address that, but to make the promotion go away entirely versus, hey, if you throw something, you're yeah. going to be ejected from the game and, and, and banned. And banned, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that, that if you're – we have cameras everywhere. We can see who it is that's doing these things, and we're going to ban <clears> you <throat> from baseball games moving forward. If we ca- That, to me, would be the answer for how you deal with this. Unless not- the deep state is behind oh, it. Oh, boy, I didn't think about that, Stan. Oh, no. It Suppose could be- like the mayor's office of Philadelphia. You think you think they, they you wanted think- dollar dog night off. You think, so. you, you think QAnon might be involved? You think it's possible that this is a Q situation? Yeah, yeah. I absolutely think it's there's possible. A, there's that. a pizza. There's a pizza. Oh, a, a pizza gate. Yeah, there's yeah. somebody. A, a, a ping pong. Comet yeah. ping pong. They're uh, they're actually selling hot. They've got an underground hot dog ring. Yeah, in it their basement. sex slaves. Yeah. you know. Well, Super can't joke about sex. <laughs> no, it's not good. Superbook no. doesn't have a hot dog problem, unfortunately. No. Uh, but they do have the Phillies uh, win loss total at eighty nine and a half. Well, now so that if you're at the, the bad the, juju going on right now, yeah, I don't know. This I, could end up having an impact on the field. I I think might lean the under. I, I don't know. Might, are these numbers the, are, are these numbers now out? The Pakota uh, Pakota numbers have been out for a little yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. Where do they have the Orioles at? Uh, like 80, 89? Right around, the, yeah, right around that same number. Yeah. Hang on a second. Orioles, win total. Uh, hang on. The Orioles, according to Pakoda, are... Compared to Superbook? Or? 86. Wow. 86 behind Toronto and Tampa Bay oh as well goodness. as New York. Vegas They've is a little more bullish. New York at 94. Toronto 88, Tampa 87, Orioles 86, according to Pakoda. And are those numbers always a little bit more, uh, I, I don't know, what's, what's the word? I'm like, uh, well, like they, they try to undersell teams, I guess, a little bit more? I mean, they more. don't, the, Pakoda is a mathematical, it's not. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the Pakoda standings as of 3 one So they do what I do, except they are precise with the, the win-loss totals. They have the Orioles finishing... Fourth place mm-hmm. uh, at eighty six point three yeah. wins. They have the Phillies finishing in second place at eighty four point four wins. That's hard to imagine. The Phillies would not have more than eighty four wins, given all everything they have. Yeah, yes. the they have the Mets at eighty three. They're, they're denying people hot dogs, so I wouldn't put. Where are they? Where are they getting the pitching from? Would be my question. How they get yeah, especially with Senga right? out. Um, the Orioles, by the way, according to Superbook, the win uh, the win total is eighty nine and a half. And today, the Orioles are plus one thirty dogs against the Braves. Ooh. So you want some? Uh, you want is some that today's action. game? That's today's game. You can bet every spring training game at Superbook. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. When you do, use the code GlennClark23 or StanCharles23 when you sign up. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Today, Tyler Wells on the mound for the Orioles, and they are plus 130 dogs against the Braves. When we come back in, the big moment that you've been waiting for, Stand the fan. We're not going to do all 30, but he'll unveil his top 10. Top 10. Top 10 in his, and these will be up Monday, the entire yep. list. Yep, yep. First MLB power rankings of 2024, and I'll tell him why he's wrong. We'll do that when we come back in. Stands here. It's a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
The ultimate fan experience awaits you at Sports and Social Maryland. See how we're raising the sports bar with our massive 100-foot media wall featuring 40 HD TVs and a 47-foot big screen. Bet on your favorite teams and this year's biggest events at the FanDuel Sportsbook while enjoying your favorite beers and cocktails, plus our delicious takes on bar food classics. Visit Sports and Social at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. Coming back in here with Glenn and the other guy, uh, uh, Garrett, whatever his name is. You know who they are. I'm glad you brought that up, Stan. Yes. Yeah, so if you missed the, the story yesterday, uh, Comcast and Masson have extended their deadline by a week. So if you're worried that you wouldn't be able to watch tomorrow's Orioles game, you will be able to. The deadline now goes to the 7th. Now, as I said before, typically these things tend to get worked out. There's not really an interruption, the pressure. You just need a deadline to create the time frame in order to make it work. I, I would be flummoxed 
um, if they don't get it figured out by opening day. But, I, you know, we talked about this yesterday. And, by the way, in this print issue of Press Box that is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box, the promise of spring, a dive into the 2024 Orioles on the cover. Um, one of the things that, yeah, nicely, nicely done, Griffin. You've got it, too. Um, one of the things that we did in this print issue was a few of us, uh, Stan, Jim Henneman, myself, and Buck Showalter, uh, all offered some advice for incoming ownership. And we talked about this on the show this week, Stan. I gave away one of my advice pieces of advice is it's easy if the Nationals end up getting separated, their TV rights get separated from Masson. I expect that to be part of the in the next year, it, you know. If that's the case, it'll be easy for folks to say, well, Masson's just going to die, right? Like, and it goes into what we all think is happening with regional sports networks in general and, frankly, cable television in general. As I've said that in my lifetime, in the next, probably still, I think in your lifetime, Stan, cable television will die. That There will not be cable television networks. Everything is going to go to streaming. streaming. And to me, that's that Masson doesn't need to die, Masson can be a real asset to the Baltimore community. Once the Nationals are no longer a part of it, David Rubenstein has the opportunity to do what no one has ever done, which is focus a a video content provider on Baltimore specifically. Not trying to force this two-market thing that no one has ever, at, you can't, there's a handful of people that care in D.C. that care about both the Nationals and Orioles, a handful of them. But overwhelmingly, the overwhelming majority of your market is not interested in that and has never been interested in that. You have the opportunity to step in and say, we want to be a hub for Baltimore sports. I don't think Masson should die. I don't think it should go away. I think Masson should be strengthened and treat it in a different way to be a Baltimore sports, try to go into business with the Ravens again, try to partner up with them, try to put more local college basketball, college lacrosse on television specifically to become a Baltimore sports hub, whether it's a cable network or not. It, it, we just got to stop thinking about cable networks. It's just going to be an app. Like, that's what it'll be moving forward. And make the app better, obviously, because... That's part of the problem that we've yeah. had. The app needs to be in, vastly improved and needs to like work at all times. So that was one of the pieces of advice that I gave. Um, I this in the meantime, you got to make sure the games are on TV. You have to do that until we get to that point. Until everybody has pulled the cut the cord and gotten to that place, you got to make sure the games are on TV. But tomorrow's for sure will be. Um, yeah, it they, would really be hard to imagine with all the excitement attendant with yes. the beginning of this season, the promise of spring, right. uh, that they would somehow not have this worked out, you know, yep. by opening day. No question about it. All right, Stan, we've reached this point. It's time to unveil Stan the Fans' first Major League Baseball power rankings. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. So should I, uh, with no drum roll, should oh, I start I'd, down from 10? I would start from 10 and work. I guess, do me a favor, who's maybe somebody outside the top 10 that people might be surprised by that you are not as bullish about I, as other people are? I have at the beginning of the season, and again, this is subject to change by uh, free agent acquisitions. I waited this long, by the way, yeah, because of Blake Snell because, and Bellin, uh, oh, Cody Bellinger yep. was out there a week ago. Uh, I'd say the fact that I have Tampa 
and Toronto, both outside the top 10. I have Tampa at 13 and Toronto at 14. Interesting. Um, But I will tell you this. After like eight or nine, I think, and I complained a little bit about this last year, that after that, then then from like team 10 to 22, I see maybe like five or six games difference in their records. That's fair. You know? That's fair. I think there's an amazing amount of parity yeah. in that second tier of teams. So that to me... And and I have the the American League Central winning team being Minnesota, but out of the top ten, I have them at number twelve. Yeah, it doesn't that doesn't stun me all yeah. that much. But my top ten team, right, number ten. Thank you, the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, Boyd, bounce Boyd by Cardinals. Lance Lynn, mm-hmm. Sonny Gray. By the way, did you notice Sonny Gray? I just found this out yesterday. Every pitch he throws, he he. Um, he does what a tennis player does, you know, when they hit the ball, they Wait. make a noise. No, I've never noticed that. Yeah. yeah. A friend of mine was just saw him pitch the other day and he remind says, me to remind me to pass what on is it. It's grunts. Yeah, he grunting, grunts. Yeah. He says Sonny Gray grunts on oh, as he releases oh, every pitch. Oh. Maybe he throws the hitter off when he in, throws that change in, up. In fairness, with as much high end talent as the Cardinals have, it's more stunning that they were as bad as they were. Right, yeah. like that, you would just think that the high end amount of their talent should have carried things over, yeah. but it just Look, hasn't. They they could very easily be managed by Yadier Molina mm-hmm. mid season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, St. Louis to start the season top ten, number nine, number nine. I'm the world champion Texas Rangers at number nine. It, it's it's remarkable. It's not just you. It's remarkable to me. How little I, I don't, respect's the wrong word, right? But like, I think how, if you look, the the problem is they probably have the best offense in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. Okay, the problem that we have is thinking how they're going to get by without Degrom, right. without Scherzer, and and by the way, Degrom they may have to be without the whole entire year. Okay, uh, Scherzer will be back, but will he be anywhere near? But they also they picked up a fairly significant free agent, Tyler Molly. He's not due back till the All Star game. Okay, so will Evaldi hold up? Gray, right. Heaney, Dane Dunning, and Cody Bradford. That's not the kind of top five I yeah, envision. Looks like for a, uh, and their bullpen is not outstanding. They picked up Kirby Yates, mm-hmm. I think, uh, to help out there. Uh, they've got Jose Leclerc, David and Robertson, Josh, and they picked up Robertson yeah. and Josh Spores, uh, Brock Burke. So um, it's, it's interesting. I have them at number nine. All right, number eight. Jerry Depoto's uh, revamped and renewed Seattle Mariners at number eight. Uh, loaded added, with pitching. Loaded. Loaded with, with the, probably the best overall. F- Starting rotation yeah. in all of baseball from and, and, from and, one and to and five. I, it's not the the superstar names. It's not the guys that like you. If you're just a casual baseball fan, these are not. You know, this is not Randy Johnson, Felix Hernandez that we're talking about. But my God, do they have pitching? Yeah, they really do, and they've got a nice bullpen as well. Uh, they added George Santos. They also add, uh, the congressman, of course, yeah, uh, George, George Santos. <laughs> He was a major league player. Um, but they, they also have added Mitch Hanniger, Luke Raleigh, and Mitch Garver to the offensive mix there. The key is can they get 
130 games out of Mitch Hanniger because he was popular there, he produced there, but has had many, many problems. Sports hernia is a testicular mm. problem he had at one time, and he went to San Francisco last year. I think he played in about 80 games. So Seattle. But the one to four, the, the Castillo, Kirby, Gilbert, Bryce Miller, is it's just um, it's tough to get through. Right, really that is, is a hell of a one to four. That like that was the dream that Orioles fans were having about what one to four could have looked like this season yeah. with Burns, Bradish, and Grayson and yeah. uh, John Means. Yeah, that's an unbelievable one to four. Number seven, the the former home of the Dollar Hot Dog Nights, ah, the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, but they might be cursed now, Stan. They lower. might be cursed. The curse of the Dollar Hot Dog going yeah, away. Right. All right. Um, Number d- your point, by the way, about the Phillies from a minute ago. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that's a really low number, low projection from. Picota. What do they have them at? You, uh, what, uh, you said it was 80, 80, 89, 80, right? 89. The win total is 89. Oh, wait, the win yeah. total is 89. Yeah. Yeah. Not, sorry. It, it, uh, I, was it 86, or you said? It, yeah, I would I would like to bet that. <laughs> I would like to over bet. Over 89 yeah. and a half or over 86? I'd bet the over 89 and a half on the Phillies. I like yeah, the Phillies. The one, the one, not a dog thing. You were not. I don't think you're factoring in enough. <laughs> the one downside with the Phillies to me and and if I rem- if I remember it correctly, I always thought that Dave Dombrowski in Detroit, he had remember he had Sh- he had Verlander at his prime, Scherzer. Yeah, they had another uh, Price, really right? good. What's that? Price. They had at one time they had Price, but they had Annabelle Sanchez. Annabelle Sanchez, okay, for sure, when yeah. he was really a good but the pitcher. Team that the Orioles and they in had fourteen. They had a horrible bullpen yep. in two thousand fourteen. Like the moment that in the the Delman Young game, the moment they who was the schlub that was it Phil Hughes? Who was the guy they put in that? Jabba game? Chamberlain, baby. Jabba Chamberlain. Jabba Chamberlain. Oh yeah. Yep. The moment he came into that game, I looked at my father and I were sitting in the upper deck. I looked at him. I said, "The Orioles are winning this game," like. They're, I they're winning. You said, uh, boy, I wish it was Dollar Dog. Yeah, day. we we did. We actually <laughs> yeah. we've lamented that it was the one thing that brought my father and I together. It's over now. But we're I, gonna have a terrible relationship. But I thought uh, Dave Dombrowski and trust me, they've got the money in Philadelphia. I thought the Phillies were the perfect team for Josh Hader to oh, go yeah. to. Yeah. They've got a everybody is a good contributor, but I don't know that they've got the one arm that right. I want in there late in ball games and I think it's a classic tell of Dave Dombrowski he misses that opportunity to get a shutdown closer so I've got them at seven I've got the runner-up to the world champion Texas ah. Rangers last year the Arizona Diamondbacks at six I think you're actually a little bit more bullish than some people are about the Diamondbacks yeah, this I year. like the Diamondbacks. I think a lot of people are expecting that to have been a fluke like, yeah they call lightning in a bottle there and no look they still have you know the Zach Gallon they still have Merrill like they still have pitch it's not like they don't have talent but it just seemed like they so outperformed the totality of that talent. But, and, but you talk about a top four in a rotation of Merrill Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, who did you just mention? Zach Gallen. Zach Gallen. And then they've got Brandon Fott, yes. and they picked up Eduardo Rodriguez right. the way he looked last right. year. That's a hell of a foursome. It's true. And it's they've true. got some dynamic players on offense, led by Cattell Marte, Corbin Carroll. Uh, they just have a, a Guriel, yeah, the left fielder. Christian Walker obviously continues to does a good job, and yep. uh, and uh, they they just look and they've got they're the team that picked up um, Suarez from the Seattle. Mariners. Oh, Eugenio, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I've got them at six. 
Uh, at number Into five. Into the top five. Number five, the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. All right. Um, this is ridiculous. I know. Yeah. This is, get get out. Well, How dare you? Well, two or three days ago, I had them at like eight or seven or eight. Mm. But Yeah, I, behind the Phillies, obviously, I and moved, then the Phillies had to drop. Yeah, I moved when I heard about there. the dollar dog. You thing. said, yeah. get them out. That they get them out. I've got them in the top five. Um, I don't know if they're capable of winning 101 games. I've got them second in the American League East. Interesting, Pakoda has Toronto second with 88 wins, Tampa at 87, and the Orioles at 86. I don't think it's going to be quite that close. I think the Yankees win the division. I'll tell. I'll get around to them in a second. But you. I think the Yankees win the division. The Orioles finish fifth. Uh, that leads Houston. At six. So, at four. At oh, four. No, 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 we didn't even do that. All right. Yeah, number four is Houston. Right. Just a real quick thought on I because yeah. I understand what you're saying about the Orioles. And it's not just there's multiple layers to why I think it will be difficult for them to match 101 wins from a year ago. One being that there was a fair amount of good fortune that was involved in what they did a year ago, and some of that fortune being some of the other top teams in the division simply not living at the Yankees. Mm. I think t- I agree with you. Will be better than they were a year ago. That I'm alone. banking on them being. Look, it's a, it's almost, and and I tell you, you 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 won't find somebody that doesn't go br- broke betting on the do theory. Right. But the Yankees, it seems like the last four or five years have just had an unusual amount of major major injuries, and people forget how competitive they were last year until Aaron Judge stumbled on that when the door opened out there and hurt his toe. They fell apart after that. Uh, This year they've got Soto and Judge. I don't like the idea of uh, Judge playing a a lot of center field, but that's the way it's set up right now. I guess if Verdugo isn't producing offensively, they'll move Grisham in to play a lot of center field. That's a good backup, by the way, to have him in center field. I've got Houston at four. Uh, because of the totality of what they have. They don't have the offense that the um, Texas Rangers have, but, boy, my God, what a bullpen they have with Josh Hader, Ryan Presley, and this uh, Breu is awfully, awfully good well, and too. Let's, and let's not pretend like they don't have offense. Like they, no, they, they've got real good. Right. Uh, Jordan Alvarez yep. may be the best offensive player in the league. Yep. And they've got Bregman and Altuve and Breu and yep. Chaz Tucker. McCormick, Kyle Tucker. You know, yep. Um, they're they're an awfully formidable team. A lot will rest Pena. on Pena. A lot will rest on whether the starting pitching is up to snuff. And I just think somehow Verlander will end up having a really solid season. It's weird how that works. Uh, I've got them at four. I've got the Yankees. And, again, I'm banking on improved improved health. uh, And and Rodon Rodon being Rodon. And I still am not totally out on them picking up Blake Snell. Uh, Luke points out to me that the the ramifications luxury tax-wise are Mm -hmm. just astounding if they were to sign him but maybe there's something creative they can do. I have them at three. I've got the Dodgers at number two. Whoa! Yeah, I've got the Whoa. Dodgers at number two. Um, easily, by week four, they could wrestle away number uh, one from the— I mean, they're just—they're so loaded. It's, they're loaded, it's except the pitching. You just wonder, is Tyler Glasnow right. going to stay healthy? Right. If Glasnow's healthy, they're going to have a real good year. Paxton pitched pretty well the other night. Uh, Jim Bowden, I just 
driving in. I heard mm-hmm. him. He did what I'm talking about, Means and Irvin, with Baltimore, that they're looking at that as almost one entity that they hope to get 150 okay. innings yeah. out of uh, and 30 starts. I think they, they look at Kershaw and Paxton Just almost as one guy that okay. they can get 170 innings out and of. The, and what exactly is Yamamoto? like? Yeah, I mean, is Yamamoto – look – if he if he is great, not right. good, right, and Glassnow is healthy, mm-hmm. they're gonna they'll yep. be right there with yep. the Atlanta Braves. No okay, uh, and, and that, that of course means Cincinnati is number one. <laughs> as everybody, well, they were my remember mid season like, like last Cincinnati. year. I picked the the Reds to be in the World, World Series. Right. That's right. Yeah, I was really right about that. <laughs> Do you still um, owe us a lunch or something from that? I don't know how that no, works. No, that you sure? No, no. I don't know. No more lunches. No more lunches. <laughs> oh? I can't afford them. Oh. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are my number one team without the drum roll. Yeah. It's hard I mean, to right. bet against them. No, I mean, come on. The, the, they're the organization that is built uh, exactly the way that you want to uh, build an organization. Let's see what Chris Sale, Let's, you know. He's key to that, yep. you know, and can Charlie Morton hold up one more year? I think Max Fried and Spencer Strider are going to be really, really good, you know, obviously. Very you know, Strider good. is pretty amazing. Uh, so the power rankings will be up for the first time on Monday for Stan the Fan at PressBoxOnline.com, and I imagine he'll be talking about him with uh, Luke and, uh, and Ross, Grimsley. Ross Grimsley Monday yeah. afternoon. Uh, posted yesterday the American League division by, you know, one through five, yep. In each division, I'll do the same on Monday for the National League, capped off by the full power. And maybe the Friday before the season, you and I can make our official picks. Make our official picks for this, and Griffin too, and and then we won't bet a lunch on it because Stan says we can't do that anymore. We're no longer you and I could, I guess. All right, you and I can bet a lunch. Griffin had a little bit of bad luck today. Oh, you know, we Zach Goodman is going to end up being our auctioneer at our rotisserie. Oh, okay. We paid him $125 last year. for. Think of worse ways five. to make $125? Right. We upped it to 500 this what year. What the hell? And Griffin was the backup. Oh, that's he was a the real backup bummer. Plan. Real yeah. bummer for him that he didn't get that gig. <laughs> real bummer. All right. Uh, hour number one winding down here on GCR. I mentioned Stan will be getting together with Ross and Luke on Monday. If you missed it yesterday, Stan and Eric Garfield had a nice conversation Find those shows Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports, YouTube.com slash Pressbox Online, or Pressboxonline.com slash video. And they're brought to you by Stand the Fan Live is brought to you Co- by Costas in. Uh, AJ Michaels Heating and Air Conditioning, and of course Superbook Sports, where they offer a two hundred and fifty dollar first bet match by using promo code Glenn Clark twenty three or Stan Charles twenty three. Into our number two of the program, the CIAA tournament back in Baltimore this year, and we've reached semifinal day today. Games getting underway at noon at CFG Bank Arena. Joining us now, what an honor it is, uh, someone who, of course, played in the CIAA years ago at Norfolk State. One of my favorite all-time players. Have you ever had a chance to chat with him? No. Never oh, this could, is never cool. This is really neat. The Hall of Famer, the great Bobby Dandridge, is with us now here on GCR. Bobby, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It's a thrill to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Uh, it's my pleasure. Bobby, being here in Baltimore and seeing how this city has committed to the CIAA tournament and wants to be the home of this event and has treated it like the major event that you know it should be, how impressed have you been by what Baltimore has done in rolling out the red carpet for the CIAA? Uh. You know, I was I was here last year and I saw 
all the preparations that had been made uh, for the CIAA, and then to come back this year and see billboards and signage up on the side of the buildings and just everything is running so smoothly. I, I think the CIAA has found a home right here in Baltimore. We love the sounds of that. We love the sounds of it. I, I, we want to talk to you about your career in basketball, but I, the CIAA, I still feel like, Bobby, there are folks that don't understand how significant this event is for an entire culture. And, of course, your history at Norfolk and the time that, that you all were in the CIAA, how do you explain to someone who's still just a casual fan what the CIAA tournament means and why there are so many people that are so invested in what is a Division II basketball tournament? Well, uh, number one, it's the oldest, uh, most accomplished, uh, historically black or Division II basketball tournament in the country. Uh, it initially had 14 teams that went down maybe to nine or 10, but now it's building itself back up and we expect within the next year for it to reach that 14th mark. And uh, the big thing about it is that it, it, it allows um, African-Americans to celebrate ourselves and not have to go off to a major tournament somewhere else for us to celebrate our culture and the way we socialize and to be able to dwell on our history and reflect back so that the next generations of African-Americans will feel comfortable and feel that there's a commitment to be at uh, these CIAA schools. And uh, I really don't need to say that at least a large part of number of the uh, African-American athletes who are in the Naismith Hall of Fame have come out of the CIAA. And, uh, you know, I look at schools like Virginia Union, A&T, Norfolk State, Morgan with football teams have just left a legacy that's going to be tough to beat. Bobby, uh, I really meant what I said when Glenn was introducing you. You were one of my favorite players in the uh, in the NBA, and the game has the game of basketball has changed so much since you played. Do you think the game is better today with three point shooting, given a a preference, you know, a, 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 an advantage by making a three point shot versus the, the way the game was played in the old days? To me. I'm asking your opinion, but to me, it's not the same game, and I enjoyed that game more than I do today's game. Well, you know, uh, the game has surely changed, and I think the three-point shot has has added a air of excitement there that didn't exist uh, 20 years ago. And I think the the changes in the game is just more reflective reflective of the society in which we live. And uh, if we stay stuck on on that physical game and the big man staying down low, then I think that we've let some time slip by. And I think in all areas of our lives, there have been changes and and, uh, improvements, I would think. Um, If we look at the dollars that are involved in the game today and 
And with the fast break and the dunking and the double crossover, I think this is representative of the population itself. Bobby Dandridge, the Hall of Famer, is with us here on GCR. He's in town for the CIAA semifinals this afternoon and tonight at CFG Bank Arena. Bobby, I wonder, to sort of follow up on that, one of the things that I think bothers a lot of basketball fans is how many games players don't play anymore. That, you know, load management, and we see that the NBA has attempted to, you know, set a minimum number of games in order to try to get guys on the floor in order to win major awards. Does it bother you that, that so many players sit out, so many star players sit out so many games nowadays, or... In a way, do you think it's actually smart that teams do that to try to keep players fresh for the postseason? Well, I think it takes away from the purity and the competitiveness of the game um, when guys take off games. But I I think with the advent of or or when uh, analytics, became so much a part of the game with ownership and how they were going to make profits. And I think it filtered on to the players. So everybody, be they players or management, are, are, are playing this analytics game. And I think it's created uh, an unstoppable problem right now because I know it seems like the league is trying to figure out how to get guys to play more games. I think the league was very disappointed in the 200 points that were scored yeah. in an all-star game. So I think uh, sports itself has, has created somewhat of a monster where, I, as I said, players, uh, they try not to give up any more than what management is giving up. So I think at some point uh, – you know, either management is going to have to step in and set some rules so the game gets back to the competitiveness I think that the true fans uh, deserve. Bobby, uh, I'm looking at the roster on that 77-78 Washington Bullets team. What was it like playing with a front line that was Wes Unseld, yourself, and Elvin Hayes? It was it was fun. It was it was actually fun knowing that each night you had the chance to win a game. And uh, you know, when you're playing with teammates like that, uh you you know that certain things were gonna be accomplished, you know that you know, West had the rebounds, Elvin was gonna wanna play the whole forty eight minutes and that we were sort of an intimidating force that teams didn't want to play against us because of what we had. But then sometimes, oftentimes, it was the competitiveness that teams did want to play against us because we were a measuring stick uh, for how good a team could be or how good you could be as a player to play against all-stars. And when you speak of West and Elvin, you're talking about two guys that uh, are included in the top 75 guys who've ever played the game. And then I reflect back on playing in Milwaukee with Kareem and the yeah. Big O. So here are two more guys. So it's a total of four guys that I played with that have that are included in the top 75 guys that ever played the game. So I think it's, it's just a tremendous 
privilege. It's a tremendous, it was a tremendous challenge for me to find my niche so that I wouldn't be that forgotten guy among all these all-stars. So for me, it was a challenge also, especially coming out of the CIAA, being a fourth-round draft choice and sort of not having the name recognition as some of the other players did. But um, the CIAA, you know, prepared me for that because I, I, I played against some outstanding competition. And during that time, the CIAA had as good of players as any major Division One conference in the country simply because at that time, we couldn't go to the ACC or go to right. the Pac-10 or play in the Big Ten. So the top black players in the country, especially guys coming out of New York, Philly, Baltimore, you know, their best options were uh, to come to historically black schools. So we were getting the best of the best. And if, even if we look back at the Naismith Hall of Famers, uh, you, you know, I don't know if it's 10 or 12 guys out of historically black universities that came into the league back during the 60s and the 70s who competed, made all-star games, contributed to world championships. I think about Willis Reed. Earl the Pearl. Sam, Earl the Pearl, Sam Jones. It's, it's just the whole Zelmo, Beatty, yep. and, and the guys that made up the ABA. So it was just a matter of, of timing uh, for guys that played in the CIAA. But, but we felt, and we proved ourselves once we had to go to the next level and became accomplished players. Bobby, I'm looking at this roster, and there's a player that I don't think Baltimore basketball fans remember that well as a player, but he was the analyst for Washington Bullets and Wizards games for close to 30 years, I guess. Phil Chenier, do you remember before the injuries how good a player Phil was? Uh, Phil was a tremendous shooter. Um, probably one of the purest jump shooters in the league during that time. He he was in the category with uh, JoJo White, who was another guy, Phil Smith. You know, they yep. were about three of the four best scores in the league, and Phil had good size at about 6'4", uh, well-developed, just a pure shooter. So, um, you know, until he got injured and started having back trouble, he made yeah. several all-star teams and stuff, and surely would have to go down as one of the top players ever, especially shooting guards in the history of the, of the Bullets Wizards. Bobby, I know we got to let you go here in a minute, but I don't want to. I don't want to breeze past the name Wes Unseld is a hollowed name in our city, and what he did not only on the basketball floor, but his commitment to our city with the Unseld School and he and his family. Um, can you tell everybody for those that, for folks that are younger that don't know Wes Unseld, the basketball player, but more importantly, Wes Unseld, the man? What would a young well, I Go ahead. No, I was going to go. I, I, I just want to know what people should know about Wes Unseld that, that are too young. I mean, I, I think that surely, you know, we look at um, his his basketball achievement, but I think when we talk about, about his school, I think with he and his wife, Connie, and his whole family, uh, that 
is probably that will probably be the most unnoticed, but yet the 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 best contribution that that the Unsells West's wife have made to the city of Baltimore because it was uh, in an area where where education was not highly thought of, but the Unsells came in and developed a couple of generations of, of African-American kids who were given the opportunity to go on and be accomplished citizens. So I, I think his basketball achievements were great, but I think the Unsell's greatest achievement as a family was to the school or with the school that they had in Baltimore. Bobby, real quick before we let you go. I've seen a lot of things. I was a ball boy for the Bullets in 1965, and I've seen a lot of amazing things on a basketball court. Watching Wes Unseld chest pass a pass all the way down the floor to Lockery or or Earl was maybe one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, the accuracy he had on those chest passes. Yes, I mean, he was able to throw uh... – a picture, picture perfect uh, outlet pass. And I, I think surely he could throw that pass. But then you mentioned Earl Monroe, <laughs> Kevin Lockery, Gus Johnson. You know that was sort of like a. He had the accessories to be able to ex- ex- execute that outlet pass because he could have been with another team and the pass was not as <laughs> been executed Good point. as well. So I think uh, to compliment Wes, but also his teammates, is uh, right in line with what he does best. Bobby Dandridge, uh, we love what you had to say. We we want Baltimore to be the you know kind of permanent home of the CIAA tournament, and what it does for our community is wonderful. And uh, we are so glad that you get to come. Uh, spend some time here today in our great city and checking out the event. I'm hoping to get down there for the second game today, so I'm going to try to say hello at some point. Uh, truly appreciate Please you spending – What an honor and what a thrill it is for us to chat with you, Bobby. Thank you for doing this this morning. Okay, my pleasure, and you guys have a great day. You Thank too. you, Bobby. Great Bobby Dandridge. How about that? Loved him. Huh? Loved him. Who's your? Give me your top five. Your five favorite all time. Your five favorite basketball players that you ever watched. Oh my God, it's that is so hard to do. My backcourt is probably Weston Robertson. Okay. Uh, as much as D- Bobby was one of my favorites, mm-hmm. but he wasn't, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion, probably Jabbar is is my center. Okay. And my forwards, I'm a I'm a Rick Barry. You know, from my my earliest days, Rick Barry loved Elgin Baylor, but of course Larry Bird's in that conversation. Elvin Hayes is in that conversation. So this is the it, it, when we present it with favorites instead of greatest, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it becomes so, and it's not surprising that ours would be more generational, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that Shaq is my center because it was just everything yeah. about Shaq was so magnanimous. It was so easy to to kind of fall in love with Shaq, this larger than life personality. You know, who also was an unbelievably dominant big man at that oh. time in his life. So he'd be mine. I, I It's funny because like of the modern era, there's no one that's given me – I've said this a million times. I, I know how great LeBron James is, but he looks like a tight end. He's supposed to be this good. 
Steph Curry gives me more joy I in just watching him yeah. play basketball. Yeah. There's nothing like this. It's insane. And so Steph Curry would be on my list because of no that. No question about it. I was always a Charles guy. Like I was always I was always in on Chuck and it's easy for, you know, people to forget that there was a time in his life where he was a scorer. Like where when he yeah. was playing in, in Phoenix, he was not you know, a one-trick pony. Yeah. He was really a scorer, so he'd be on there for I me mean, for I, sure. I loved. I hate the players. I hated the most were the guys that were the best, like Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hated him. The way the officials, seemingly to me, gave him calls that should have been goaltending, block shot. But as time went on, I respected. He was maybe the greatest winning player of all. It's time. hard to deny that Bill Russell. Hard he was to deny incredible. that. But West and Robertson were just so fantastic. Uh, Earl then became like such a special player. Uh, Walt Frazier was a, a favorite, obviously. Uh, Elgin Baylor and Rick Barry. Uh, it's just uh, you know, those were my days. It's neat. League. We don't. I, I don't yeah. get this a lot from you. Where like your reaction is is so you know like over the you're so excited about a guest or something like that. Yeah. When Stan found out that we had Bobby Dandridge on today, he was, yeah, was genuinely like, yeah. like, wait, Bobby Dandridge, really? It yeah. was that was cool. Yeah. So that's a neat moment for us this yeah. morning. Yeah. Continue along on a Friday edition of the program. We're going to talk some NFL draft here in a minute. See if there's anything that's happened out in Indianapolis that Joe Serpico thinks matters. I don't. A lot of guys don't believe in science, apparently. Is this the same Serpico that they made the movie about? Not the same, no. No? No, no. Not a different guy. Different guy. Who would play Joe Serpico in the movie? Joe Serpico's a handsome handsome fella, by the way, Joe Serpico. He He is a handsome fella. We did an event together uh, down at the casino. He's a good-looking fellow. He was a, a popular. Some of the females in the audience were coming over to try to get some more fantasy advice from him. And I couldn't help but notice like there was a chair set up on the other side of the table, but when the females were approaching, they were going around the table to sit next to Joe. I think they wanted to get a little bit closer to him on that particular um, evening. John Bernthal, probably. Oh, John Bernthal is yeah. your call to play Joe Serpico. Yeah. I don't have to think about that for a minute. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Toyota. The high school basketball playoffs continue in the state of Maryland. Also, the Baltimore Catholic League this weekend. I think Goucher tonight is where the uh, Catholic League, what is this, the semifinals, the quarterfinals? I don't remember. You know where I'm going to find it out, though? Playoffs. I'm going to go to ba- uh, countysportszone.com, and I'm going to get all of my information for both the state playoffs and the Catholic League playoffs, which are all going on right now. CountySportsZone.com, proudly sponsored by Toyota. Stan the Fan is here. We'll talk some NFL draft with Joe Serpico. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson, and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Discover your next favorite beer crafted in the heart of Charm City. At Guilford Hall Brewery, we believe beer should be flavorful and easy to enjoy. Our meticulously crafted lagers and ales are derived from centuries-old European brewing traditions, a staple for both the seasoned beer aficionado or a novice hophead. Experience beer styles that dare to showcase the exceptionality of simplicity. Visit our restaurant and brewery at 1611 Guilford Avenue or view our menu and tap map online at guilfordhall.com. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken. A family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. One of the things that's definitely wrong with this country is that this dude still has a job somehow, some way. Glenn Clark. Back in here on GCR, Stan the Fan Charles who the in hell, the studio. Who the hell was that that, that was, just said that? That was, that was Drew Forrester. He has no right yeah. to who, come what, in here. Yeah, who does he think he is? What does he think he's doing, a morning dish here at the expense of my friend Glenn Clark, 23? <laughs> yeah, I still, I still, for whatever reason, put up with Drew Forrester, so I guess I kind of deserve what I get. That's he's just the good, way that it goes. He's a good dude. Eh. Let's not go. Let's not go that far. But uh, we 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 deal with him. That's the way that it is. All right, Stan is here on a Friday edition of the program as we continue along. Did the um we we kind of glossed over. There was a lot of excitement surrounding this Paul Skeens Jackson Holiday thing yeah. yesterday, and and Paul Skeens ends up getting the better of Jackson Holiday, but and won it back. It's won it bad, and it's won it bad in a spring training game. And settle down, keep it in your pants. A lot of the uh, the furor was you basically had 24 hours to know that this was going to happen and you did nothing to try to ensure that like people could watch it in some way. 
and that part of it, like, I, we've been through this so many times over the years and talking about the Orioles and the way that they've treated spring training games. I've just gotten to a place where I'm stunned that Major League Baseball hasn't stepped in and said, guys, you got to provide some sort of broadcast for all of your spring training games. Whatever it looks like, whether it's online, whether it's two cameras, like, if we can broadcast Division Three lacrosse games... There's no reason why we can't provide some sort of broadcast for when there is a moment like this. Because, admittedly, as I've said before, overwhelmingly, I'm probably not going to be watching. I'm. It's not for me, necessarily, because I don't like exhibition sports. But yesterday, like a lot of us, I think I would have said, all right, I'm going to go out of my way to flip it on because I get it. The hype, it's cool. It's a cool little moment that you get in the spring training game where Paul Skeens is facing Jackson Holiday, and I'd like to see that. Yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity by all the teams, you know, that they don't do more with local. MLB Network does a terrific job at providing, you know, a lot of spring training coverage in terms of team previews and things like that. They make up for that. But I would agree with you that the locals miss an opportunity. I think some of it, Glenn, probably is – the size of what they think the audience would be on mostly day games. I, and you know, we've talked about this. The yeah. Orioles, if you were able to pull them aside and say, "Why don't you do more?" They'd say, "Because it's a money loser for us. Yeah. Like we're not going to be able. We won't. Nobody is going to spend more to also advertise in the spring training games. We can't get more money. So any amount of money that we spend to broadcast is a loss for us. The argument that we would make back was, well, it's also a potential loss leader. Yeah, that, it gets people interested in talking about your product. Correct, yeah. a month before the season begins yeah. and might drive that. And So, yes, it might be a money loser. You don't need to do the full-scale broadcast. No one thinks that every spring training game requires. The one that we watched on Saturday where the camera was shaky the whole time yeah, and the guys aren't even in, Baltimore, in yeah. Sarasota and Jim Palmer's got to remind you that every five minutes. We, you're not... For the six games you're broadcasting, you're not doing a full broadcast. Nobody is asking for Emmy award-winning stuff. They could have some sandbags, though. Yeah, I would suggest that maybe. It's not like it's news that it's windy in Sarasota. Maybe maybe that's the job that Brett and Palmer have, and they weren't down there. Oh, they they, are normally the ones that have to hold the camera as they call the No, the sandbags. They They hold the sandbags sandbags. to keep the camera down. Yeah, both of them. They have one end each, and they take out these two big, heavy sandbags. That was ridiculous. I mean, seriously. I was I was having like uh, what's it called when you vertigo uh, vertigo <laughs> yeah, I mean right. I was really not good. Not um, good. I, look, it's it's bad, but I would still rather have the option of of the watch than like do the low end broadcast. Yeah, I, I hear you. Do the you. do the you know send the crew that we have working at, at Loyola to to Sarasota to provide that or get the you know whoever have, that is in Florida. Have you talked about this uh, thing going on on March the fourteenth? The break. Breakout games. I, we haven't really. I just saw yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's that's pretty neat. That's, I think it's, that's a thrust from Major League Baseball. I and so the Orioles are going to face the Pirates. Pirates. Yeah, it's uh, Skeens that will play against Holiday, presumably. In that, presumably. Um, and somebody would say, "Well, how's that really different than most spring training games where the prospects are playing anyway?" Yeah, right? but this is like, all your best prospects are in the same lineup. That's the concept. The concept of the spring breakout game is that it's a prospect versus prospect thing. Um, I think it's different. I think it's unique. Again, I would say these things should be broadcast. Like you've got to make that available for if if you want it to work in the way that you imagine it working, 
in that it generates right. interest and for teams that maybe in those cities you're not feeling good about your team going into the season this is the 2021 Orioles right like yeah. how do we get more people in Baltimore to be interested in baseball at a time where we can't really sell the idea that we're going to be winning baseball games this is a unique concept and I'm all for it but people have to be able to see it yeah, that's kind of like uh, if a if a tree if a tree falls in the woods, yes. does it make a noise if nobody's there? That's exactly yeah. what you're dealing with when it comes to this. So I, I do. I'm with you. I like the idea, and I think it's a good idea, and I think that, um, you know, it's it's interesting. Did you and I have a, a Rob Manfred conversation at all? I don't remember. I don't think we have. So I pose to the, the inclination for all fans is to dislike the commissioner of any sport they care about. It's just who we are as a people. Yeah, we're most in, of the time. We're yeah. inclined to boo the commissioner. We're inclined to think they're all terrible at what they do. Um, we feel the same way mostly about owners, too. For the most you part, know. other than when your team wins a champ, When your team yeah. wins a championship, you've got the greatest owner in sports. Yeah. And then six months later, that guy has no idea. what. It's just who we are. We're inclined to dislike these people. Um, I, the the radio show I did on what what was the President's Day was the most recent holiday that I was in. Um, Adam because you know Adam lives in Spain now and it, he's pops up he's going to show up in Florida for a little while he's just a world traveler. Mm -hmm. But Adam Jones wanted to call in that morning, and I brought up the you know because it was a couple of days after we had learned that Rob Manfred wouldn't be seeking re-election that mm -hmm. he's going to let his term end in 2029, and I just brought it up. I said, look, I you know I players fight with. You know, Major League Baseball. I don't know what the relation, what your thought process is on Rob Manfred, and he was effusive in his praise for Rob Manfred. Like, no, I think that he has. And I said, I've talked to you about this. Everybody thinks Rob Manfred hates baseball. I think the things that Rob Manfred has done, we're going to look back and we're going to find to oh, be he's consequential. Been, he's been a great, a great commissioner. I think the most disgraceful thing he's done has been his handling of the Oakland situation. Okay, I, I have no problem with that. Been, right. I think he could have been much more hands-on at getting that stadium and and pressing the local authorities there. And to let this guy do what he's done, this John Fisher, mm -hmm. is just, I, I think it really I, sucks. I, I, I won't disagree with you about Oakland specifically. Yeah. I think the stuff that people are bothered by is how like he's changed the game no, itself. I think, I think the changes he's made are w way overdue. And um, I, the biggest change to me, I didn't realize how how sanitized the game became with shifting. You know, there's just not enough... There wasn't enough athleticism, and it it destroyed certain hitters like a Chris Davis. I'll go to my grave thinking that the shift is what really killed him as a baseball player. And I wasn't. I think when you and I talked about the shift, I said I, it's in a way it bothers me that hitters never adjusted to it. Yeah. That the thought process was you would talk to baseball people and they'd say this will come out in the wash one day because mm -hmm. younger players will start learning how to hit against the shift, and when they do. They're going to grow up, and they're going to become the guys that are in the big leagues. And It never happened. There was no. never an adjustment. Nope. And in a way, it bothers me because it feels artificial, but I get it. Like, the thing that should have happened where hitters should have adjusted to the shift and it, that should have solved this problem, it never did occur. And so, in a way, it almost felt like you did have to artificially change the game yeah. Because hitters didn't adjust to it, but as we pointed out, I like the extra inning. Um, yeah, well, I, I ended up. I, I when I first heard that idea, 
approached right. about 10 years ago, I was like, God, that's the dumbest thing. It really turns the extra innings into a much more exciting. The, the brand uh, of baseball that you yeah, like. Yeah. Instead of the you know spending six innings, everybody going up there trying to hit a home run or strike out every time, it gives yeah, you real baseball. And turning to your watch and going, God, it's one right. thirty. This is really cool. It's one thirty, and they're still playing, still yeah. up there striking out, you know, and going through the going through the motions. Um, the just trying to speed the games up in general, like without, I, it never felt weird to me. Like the things that we were worried about, like there being a pitch clock violation in a big spot. It never felt like a hindrance to me last year and and absolutely felt like the games were happening. I think Rob Manfred will prove to be one of the most consequential in that in, the, in what he did globally for the game, for the, the totality of I think that we will look back in 30 years and say he was a truly consequential commissioner of a sport. Not to say that he's gotten everything right, but I think that he will. we will look back and say, boy, he really did a lot of things that were good in general for the sport of baseball yeah i would agree let's switch gears we're going to talk a little nfl draft the combine is going on out in indianapolis of course our next guest is an nfl draft analyst as well as our fantasy football analyst now here at press box get his thoughts early in this process about who the ravens should be eyeing right now he is joe serpico and he's with us this morning on gcr Joe, it's Glenn. Stan the Fan Charles is here in studio with me this morning. Good to talk to you, buddy. Thanks for taking the time. Anytime, guys. Glad to be back on with you. Joe, before we get into this week, just early going, have you – and there's so much that's going to change because free agency will end up – but have you zeroed in on like two to three guys that you have – really – and I maybe falling in love with is the wrong word because unlike KZ, you're not really an obsessed Ravens fan – um, but like, have you really zeroed in on two or three guys that you say, these are the guys that make sense, pay attention more to these guys as this process goes on, because they make the most sense to me for the Ravens at the 30th pick. Yeah, I've kind of locked in on the, uh, the Washington offensive lineman, uh, Troy Fout now in the past couple of days. I like his versatility in the sense of he played tackle at Washington, but if the Ravens want, they can put him in at guard and let's face it. I think, uh, going into this draft. Offensive line is probably their biggest need, followed by cornerback and then edge. I mean, you're only guaranteed on the offensive line right now is Tyler Lindebaum. After that, everybody's kind of uh, mm-hmm. in limbo. So getting a guy like Fountain out that can play maybe both positions, you can put him at right tackle or even left tackle or maybe even one of the guard positions if you want. And then this is a very, very deep class for offensive linemen at the top of the board. So I feel that you know you get your, you get your anchor, whether it be the left side or the right side, and then you kind of build off from there. But if they don't go that route, then, you know, i got a couple cornerbacks that are nice. But there's a lot of good cornerbacks. It's those two positions that are uber deep this year. So give me then, just again, just at 30, give me one cornerback and one. Is there an edge that you would throw into that group? You say, I'm paying, I'm paying this much attention to these players. I like Ennis Rakestraw from uh, the cornerback out of Missouri. That's somebody to keep an eye on. And then there's two Robinsons at, at edge that I yeah, kind of like. Oh, one being Chop Robinson. Yeah. Yep, yep, both of them. And Chop yesterday had a, you know had a really nice showing at the combine. I think that's going to help his uh, draft status. He was like borderline uh, first second round pick. I think now he kind of solidified himself as a top uh, top pick. So he's definitely an option there. But yeah, it would be between Rakestraw at cornerback. Oh, and then the two Robinsons at edge. I'm looking at uh, Joe. Nice to meet you. Uh, I'm looking at the 
Ravens pick by Mel Kuyper on his most recent mock. He's got uh, cornerback Kamari Lassiter. What do you think of him out of Georgia? I'm a big fan of Lassiter. I just think that he's not going to be available when the Ravens get there. I think he's going to go around, let's say, 20, 25 in that, in that range there. But I'm definitely a big fan of him. Actually, there's a lot of cornerbacks in this draft that I, that I really like. Too. Both Alabama quarterbacks, or cornerbacks, excuse me, are going to be drafted probably in the first round. I'm big fans of those guys. My favorite cornerback in the whole draft is actually uh, Cooper DeGene out of Iowa. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Kyle Hamilton. He'll be able to play the slot. He play a little bit of safety. We'll be good on the outside as well. Uh, he's one of my favorites. And then there's also Nate Wiggins, who many are saying could be the uh, the top cornerback in this draft. Right. It'll be fun to see. You know, with the uh, with the combine upcoming, you know, these these guys running fast will change a lot of uh, a lot of people's uh, boards in the next couple of days. Joe, you mentioned that the depth seems to be at offensive line and at cornerback. When we say that, because the offensive line question is fascinating. Like one of the I'm. I would put myself in the camp of I'm actually opposed to the Ravens cutting Ronnie Stanley. I think that's too much of a hole to create. And I, I, while money's, money's nice, that, that's a hell of a place to have concerns going into a season in which you otherwise are trying to win a Super Bowl. I, I would at least hold on for one more year. And your point about Fontenot is really interesting. Like, could he play guard this year and then maybe be your future left tackle if you do move on from Ronnie Stanley after that? But I bring it up to say, are are there more starters to be? Is this such a deep offensive line group that you could find a starting left guard, for example, in the second or in the third round of this draft? Yeah, there's a guard out of UConn that I'm really a big fan of, Christian Haynes. I might find him in the second or third round. I think he would be an ideal fit. Um, if they decide to go truly interior lineman, let's say in that first round, another guy's I got my eye on is Graham Burton out of Duke. Um, I would love if they could fun, somehow find a way to get uh, Jackson Powers Johnson on the team, but he's more of a true center uh, with Linderbaum already in the fold. I, it's hard to imagine um, him being in the mix. But another another one that I got is Zach Zinter out of Michigan. Uh, there's going to be a lot of Michigan guys in this draft. Actually, it was like a draft record of 18 guys. And it's hard to imagine – you know, John not walking away with uh, at least one guy from Michigan. And I think Zinter is a guy you can keep an eye on there. Press Box NFL draft analyst Joe Serpico is with us here on GCR. Joe, the biggest storylines, you know, you mentioned that the workouts got underway and we've been, you know, everybody's been raving about measurements and broad jumps and things like that. What are the biggest storylines to you that will still come out? Like the, the folks that have question marks related to the next couple of days if people are really sitting around and just watching guys work out. That's how they're choosing to spend their weekends. I think the biggest one, and, you know, it seems to be a conversation we have every year in Baltimore, but um, how are the wide receivers going to shape out? You know, there, there's no chance the Ravens getting your Marvin Harrison, your neighbors, Rome, but there's a couple guys that maybe, you know, if they want to go running back, or excuse me, wide receiver in the first round, there's a couple options there, but there's also some guys in, let's say, rounds two and three that I, I've kind of got my eye on, like, Troy Franklin out of Oregon. Uh, I think somebody would be a nice fit. Xavier Leggett from South Carolina is somebody I'm really going to be keeping an eye on. If he runs well this weekend, I think he's going to skyrocket. He's right now, let's say, borderline second, third-round pick. But if he runs well with his size uh, and then if he showcases that speed, I think he's going to shoot up draft for it. So those are a couple guys I'm looking at at receiver. Um, as far as, you know, the Ravens, with it's, let's say Matabika is most likely going to get locked up. But there was a couple defensive linemen yesterday that really, really impressed me. 
And then it's, the main thing is just be these cornerbacks. They're so deep. I, you know, there's three rounds worth of cornerbacks that could be, you know, potential starters. That's why, you know, even though it's a deep class of cornerbacks, it, I would say that, you know, you get your offensive, you get your offensive linemen out of the way first and then try to find one of those guys in, let's say, round two or three. Joe, I'm going to ask you a question about the number one pick. It seems everybody's almost unanimous that Caleb Williams is going to be the number one pick. How is that going to play out with the Bears? Are they going to make a trade before the draft to trade fields? What's your thought on that? Yeah, yeah. all indications that that's going to be done uh, relatively soon. They want to give uh, – they kind of want to do Justin Fields, right, let him uh, – get acclimated to his uh, circumstance before the draft. Uh, the two teams you commonly hear him linked to are the Falcons and then, you know, here in Baltimore, we're hoping not the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that would actually be a really good fit for him. But, yeah, all indications are that he's most likely on the go, and it kind of makes sense. You have this generational quarterback. We've been talking about Caleb Williams now for two years. Kind of reminds me of Trevor Lawrence a couple of years ago, Andrew Luck before that. You, you know, we, when we're talking about a guy – for over a year being the number one pick. And then when we get to that stage, it's just a, a no-brainer if you're the Bears. And then, you know, there's the financial implications as well. It's a cheaper contract with Caleb Williams as opposed to paying uh, Justin Fields, you know, maybe not uh, Lamar Jackson money, but you're going to have to pay him a good chunk of change if you want to keep him around. So I think it's just one of those circumstances where, you know, it's cheaper. You may have a better quarterback. Uh, it's just one of those situations you just got to do it. All right, so the other position that's getting all the attention here in Baltimore, Joe, is running back, and there's a lot of smoke about the idea that the Ravens could be in on the higher end of the running back market, which seems crazy to me personally, but you know, we, we know they're going to do something, and whether that something ends up being bringing back their own, or I, I feel like that most people say, well, why wouldn't you just keep drafting running backs? Like, why spend money, just keep drafting these guys? Who of this group? stands out the most to you and where is the right place if the Ravens end up looking to the draft to add to their group of running backs? Again, the Michigan tie, Blake Corum is one of those guys that could be an obvious, uh, obvious link with each other. Another one being Dylan Johnson, the running back out of Washington. Um, but I don't think this is actually a very deep uh, running back class, to be really honest with you, compared to years past. I am under the impression that they will get some because there's just so many of them available in free agency that they are going to add one in free agency. But I still wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they do get somebody in, let's say, the later rounds, your fifth and sixth round, somebody like a, uh, you know, Ray Davis out of Kentucky or uh, Isaiah Davis out of uh, South Dakota State. Uh, Jalen Wright, uh, he would be a nice uh, player, but I, he's more, he reminds me too much of Keith Mitchell. They need somebody that can, um, kind of pound the ball a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be Gus Edwards type, but somebody that can get you those, you know, those tough yards on a, on a one yard to go situation. So there's some guys are going to add, if I had to guess, they'll get somebody in free agency. They'll add somebody in the draft as well. Um, just because we saw last year, running backs are a dime a dozen. Once you go down, you want to have as many as you can on your roster. No, no, I'm all for having like four running backs that you like on your mm -hmm. roster in, in some capacity. I just don't think it makes sense to have one of them cost you $10 million a year when you're paying your quarterback. That just, I don't, I don't think you can do that any longer. But we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. All right, uh, Joe Serpico, what kind of uh, content are you going to be doing at PressBoxOnline.com? Uh, more draft coverage coming next week. I uh, put out uh, my top 10 in each position uh, this past week, and then it follows uh, Ravens mock draft next week after the combine is done. 
They'll be my top 100 boards. Uh, kind of just waiting to see how these guys go. With uh, There's definitely some guys shooting up the boards. And then it'll be mock drafts and player profiles and more mock drafts and more mock drafts. That's that time of the year. At Joe Serpa as well on Twitter is how you follow him. Joe Serpico, appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you again as we get a little bit closer, all right? Absolutely, guys. Good talking to you. Thanks, Joe. Joe Serpico with us here on GCR as uh, we are in the throes of NFL draft season. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by Ruth Chris. We are so excited to have Ruth Chris on board with us. I mean, that's a that's a place that a serves pretty, those pretty good, pretty steaks. high end. Jeez, we just uh, Mrs. Clark and I just went to Ruth's Chris for uh, Valentine's Day a couple weeks ago. Had ourselves a lovely evening. Recommend the zucchini fries when you're at Ruth's Chris. Absolutely delicious. Whether you're celebrating a special milestone. Entertaining clients or simply enjoying a night out, count on Ruth's Chris to deliver to you the finest steaks, the best service, and a level of hospitality that has made Ruth's Chris one of the most revered names in steak since 1965. Make your reservation now at ruthschris.com. Which uh, location did you and Mrs. Clark? We went to uh, the one out by you. We went to the Pikesville Pikesville location um, and had a, a tremendous Valentine. We went the Saturday before Valentine's Day. For our Valentine's Day dinner, and uh, the service was top-notch, and we had delicious steaks. Uh, what do we have? We did a – oh, God, now I can't remember. I remember we did the, the zucchini fries. Wonderful. Like, that was the one. We got another – I think we just got asparagus was the other. I think we did asparagus and zucchini fries were our two sides, and we did an appetizer, and I want to say it was the tuna that we did as our appetizer, and it was – off the chart as well it was just a top notch she got a dessert i'm not a dessert person she got the uh the chocolate i think it was a chocolate lava cake of some sort and um you know it was wonderful we had a wonderful wonderful evening at Ruth's chris and when have you not had a wonder if you go to Ruth's chris it's because you're getting a hell of a meal that's the way that it's always been and uh, we are really excited about having Ruth's chris on board with us when we come back in, we're going to get a tidbit. We're going to get two, but we're going to try to wind things down a little on time so I might be able to get to the basketball game today. That's the plan. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. 
heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The ultimate fan experience awaits you at Sports and Social Maryland. See how we're raising the sports bar with our massive 100-foot media wall featuring 40 HD TVs and a 47-foot big screen. Bet on your favorite teams and this year's biggest events at the FanDuel Sportsbook while enjoying your favorite beers and cocktails, plus our delicious takes on bar food classics. Visit Sports and Social at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland at Arundel Mills. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Discover your next favorite beer crafted in the heart of Charm City. At Guilford Hall Brewery, we believe beer should be flavorful and easy to enjoy. Our meticulously crafted lagers and ales are derived from centuries-old European brewing traditions, a staple for both the seasoned beer aficionado or a novice hophead. Experience beer styles that dare to showcase the exceptionality of simplicity. Visit our restaurant and brewery at 1611 Guilford Avenue or view our menu and tap map online at guildfordhall.com. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and on the cover we look at the promise of spring for the Baltimore Orioles as Todd Karpovich and others shine the light on the team's hopes to take the next step towards championship contention and what reinforcements could still be coming. Plus, PressBox personalities offer suggestions to David Rubenstein about stewarding the franchise. Also inside, Bo Smolka on how the Ravens' defense could evolve with new coordinator Zach Orr. And we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's programs across the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Contrary to what some people believe, I actually like this guy. When he sleeps. Glenn Clark, talking sports. Uh, if you missed it yesterday, Maryland basketball lost an assistant coach. Mike Jones is going to be the new head coach at Old Dominion. So there will be a job to be filled on uh, Kevin Willard's staff. Do uh, you think I should apply for I that I think it job? might be the time. I think it might yeah. be the moment. You've been building to this for years. And I think that, remember, the fact that you were a ball boy for the Bullets – Really, uh, I think I hadn't thought about that. How many many other candidates for the open the vacancy on Kevin Willard's staff will have that on their resume, Stan? I feel like that will have you stand out. How about the interview that I did with Lefty when he was eating his dinner and didn't stop eating? That's a great point. I mean, I interviewed Lefty Giselle while he was eating during dinner. So I think there's a a few things. By the way, uh, someone someone you know told me I've never. I do you have a a William the Refrigerator Perry story? Oh yeah. I've never heard your William the Refrigerator Perry story. Oh. And someone suggested that I ask you about it. Um You'd so, like to hear it now? Well, if you, <laughs> if you want to or we can wait till after the show if you don't. When we put out the uh Mets commemorative magazine, the Shea Stadium commemorative yes. magazine yes. and the Yankee the same year, we did two separate magazines on the history of the two New York stadiums. We were very involved with a, a woman named Molly Ann Brasigliano, who is the autograph signing guru or queen of the New York area. Okay. And she would have these huge, um, where was WOR? What city is it? Secaucus. Oh, in Secaucus, yeah. Secaucus, yeah, New yeah. Jersey. She had a, a hotel there that ha- housed these events. And I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people would come. And we were selling these magazines. And um, 
she also invited a few oddballs. You know, so at, at this baseball signing, essentially, William Refrigerator Perry was there. She also had, like, a hockey player, you know, that had played for Rangers. Okay. There were a couple of stars. So, anyway, I'm in the um, – I'm in, and Refrigerator Perry's a pretty big guy. Yes. He's pretty intimidating. The reason guy. why he was called, him, is that why they called him? Yes, the Frick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and I meet him at a bar, you know, you know, people are around. The hotel you know, bar? Yeah, the hotel uh, yeah. bar, and people are around all the people that work at the thing and other celebrities, and I'm talking to him, and I look at how massive he is, Okay. And this has got to be like around 2010, 11. What year was the last year of Shea and oh, Yankee uh, Stadium? I thought it was more like 09. Okay, it yeah. could have been 09. Yeah. So, I mean, he's beyond his playing days. It wasn't yeah. like he was in playing shape. And I started looking at how big he was. And my wife used to work for the Rice Diet Program, which was world-renowned as a weight loss clinic in Durham, North Carolina. Okay. And I would always mention it to certain celebrities that I knew were dealing with weight issues that I could get you in, okay. like almost like a yeah, freebie. Yeah. So I, I timidly, and he's telling me a little bit about some of the aches and pains he goes through, and I'm telling him about this program and I said, if you'd like me to, you know, work something, I'm sure Dr. Rosati would be a big know, deal to have. Be, right. Yeah. And and the, by the way, they had people like I'm I'm not sharing this out of Ed Mulatalo went there. Really? Yeah. Uh and Brian Dennehy went there. Okay. Years okay. ago Elvis legendary actor. Years years ago, Elvis went there briefly. I had my one date with Tuesday Weld. Who went there? Oh, okay. How about that? Uh, don't tell Jane that. Yeah, look at I you. Had, I had a date. Look at took you. Took her to the movies. Wow. Jane was back in Baltimore, and I was <laughs> down there. That was big, big. I blame anyway, uh, she still looked good for sixty. How about you know, that? When I when I had my date with her. Anyway, I'm telling Refrigerator Perry about this, and all of a sudden it's like a, a screw went loose. He goes, "Who the f do you think you are?" I mean, he's really intimidated when he gets pissed. He goes, who the hell do you think you are telling me I, I, I need to lose weight? And, uh, you know, like, really? It's, it's right, um, man. And he really would not. He goes, look at this guy here. Now he's telling everybody. He's telling me I'm fat, you know, or something. Who the hell? And I'm using the word hell. Yeah, he but was it was really the F word. word. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And sure. I'm telling you, he really was pissed. You know, were I you thought I were was, you nervous? Were you? I was uh, slightly. Wow. I was slightly wow. a little nervous. Wow. You know? Well, that's not a a fun story. I, said, I guess Mr. the fun. Mr. Refrigerator. Right, right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. You're should, you're in great shape. You scream like a woman. <laughs> yeah. uh, I had never. Heard, it was very intimidating. I had never very heard that story before. That is that is wild. Yeah. So he didn't. Join the clinic is what you're saying. No, yeah, he did not. <laughs> I was waiting for like he was not interested. Like in, like two hours later is when nobody still looked alive. Old. He is. He's still with us. He's still uh, 61 years old. William you know, he was right. Perry. and I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. He didn't need that. He didn't need that. He's still alive. Who dare you? I thought how I was like you? sort of you were save offering his life. something. Uh, what? You were gonna save his life? I was trying to save the guy's life. 
And the guy got, excuse me, yeah. and he was <laughs> the refrigerator, Perry. Who do you, know? you think you are? By the way, 08 was the last season yeah, for Yankee that Stadium. That was it. And it was Shea that Stadium season. 2008. Hey, um, we are really excited about uh, the new Atman's Deli. Stan was telling you about it earlier in the show. If you're craving that classic New York deli experience, look no further than the new Atman's Deli in Baltimore's Harbor Point. Corned beef, piled high, hand-rolled bagels, and something different, a bar. Atman's Harbor Point. Go to atmansdeli.com for daily specials. And if you use the promo code StanCharles23 or GlennClark23, they'll give you a... No, oh, wait a minute. That's a different at all. Answer. Nothing at all. But you can Who the use hell those. do you think you are? That's, That's what they'll exactly say. Right. <laughs> you can use those, however, at Superbook. And uh, Tidbit is brought to you today by Superbook. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. You can bet college baseball at yes. Superbook. So, like, Maryland Bryant this weekend, oh, you can yeah. go bet oh, at God, Superbook. Maryland's going to kill Bryant. You would think. You would th- Although, Maryland lost to somebody weird this week. I want to say, like, VCU. VCU. Yeah, was it? The, like, they ended up giving up 15 runs. I think it was Rhode VCU. Okay, it was I think VCU. it was VCU. You're like, what? What is that? Today, you could, um, you could bet Mount St. Mary's hoops against Canisius. Mm. There are two-point dogs on the road. Get in. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 or StanCharles23. Is that where Ryan Odoms is in basketball? Uh, Ryan Odom is at uh, VCU. Yes, that's correct. He's at VCU. Are they the Commodores? Um... No, the VCU is the Rams. The Rams, okay. okay. The okay. Vanderbilt's the Com- yes, Commodores. Yeah. Can we bet on NC State to beat Towson today? Oh, in baseball, baseball? I don't. Yeah. I haven't looked, but I'll, I'll look. I NC actually, State's pretty good. I just, <laughs> I just saw these. There's a couple of, um, there's a couple of new boosts that the uh, Superbook Ooh. is offering. Uh, will Maryland basketball win the Big Ten men's basketball tournament? Lock it in. Put it's me been down. boosted from plus. Fifteen thousand to plus twenty thousand. Might as well put it at plus for them. A bazillion. I don't disagree. I have with a that. feeling. I just have a feeling about them. them not they're losing <laughs> the first game in the Big Ten tournament. No, not not necessarily. Who will they play in the first game? Uh, no, they still they still have a couple games left yeah. in the regular yeah, they're season. They're trying to get above that very yeah, bottom they have to play line on the know, first yeah. day. That yeah. question I asked Dandridge about yeah. the three point shot has it changed basketball? <laughs> Seriously, I love Kevin Willard. God, but watching that game the other oh. night when they what were they two, two for, for twenty two, two for twenty two? You mean to tell me he's not smart enough to at a certain point say, you know what? Maybe let's take some shots closer I, to the basket. I, I don't know that it's a smart. Like this is the difficult part about basketball is that like you have to defenses have to be honest. And the crazy part about what they were they were missing wide. Open, open threes. threes. It wasn't like they didn't get good Wide looks. Wide open. And so everything about coaching says if you are that open, you have to take that shot. You're, it's the way the basketball is supposed to be played. Except it's, that you've played yeah. how many games yes, have they played? And you know 23 you're not, they're, games. They're, they're, you know you're of, not good at that. They're one of the 10 worst three-point and shooting teams in the entire And you play defense like a banshee. I mean, you're playing yeah. really good yeah. defense. Maybe if that was two for 12 – and you got three or four other baskets in the game that right. were two pointers. Look, there were a couple of shots that were like, "What? What are you doing?" But the wide open ones, I, and it's every have time, to take well, and every time Jordan Geronimo takes a shot outside ten no. feet, it's every just time Jordan Geronimo does most things. He's had moments. <laughs> He's had moments. Also, they've boosted: Will the Orioles win the American League? 
at now Super that's Bowl. A, now we're talking. It's 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 a five, plus five fifty in general, but they have boosted it for right now to plus six fifty for the Orioles to win the AL and go the to the win the World Series. So if you uh, feel something about that, again, hop on Superbook.com, download the Superbook app. So if you put $10 on that, it would pay $65. 65, yes, okay. correct. $65. So that's, if that's speaking to you, use the code Clark 23 or StanCharles23 when you sign up at Superbook. Uh, you know who Dylan Jones is? Should I? Weber State. Plays for okay. Weber State. Had a great game last night. You say so? 30 points. He's not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's not uh, Robbie Avila. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not. Uh <laughs> You like uh, man, Dave Damashek was doing a whole bit with like the Sklar brothers about other nicknames. That... I, the one I, I saw, Steph Blurry. Steph Blurry was good. Uh, I said a stigma is him. A stigma? Nobody caught it. I, I, yeah. A stigmatism that like, right. he wears glasses. Yeah. A stigma is him. We say that somebody oh, is him. him. Okay. Yeah. That was stigma. I, oh, okay. I, I, yeah. Getting, yeah. I'm yeah. Now it. you're starting to figure it out and realize that it was good and it was no sold by everybody. No Steph no, Blurry. No sold in general. All right. Enough out of you. <laughs> Uh, he joined uh, Earl, Earl, Earl the uh, Pearl Vision Center was pretty good. I like that one. Larry Nerd was one that I oh, saw yeah. floating around. <laughs> that one was pretty good. That's better because because he's in the state, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So that is, exactly. That, that's that might the, be the best one. one. Yeah. Speaking of Larry the Nerd, did you have you talked at all about Richard Lewis this week? No. You the know passing? what? We haven't. Stan. Thank you. Yeah. God, that sucks. And look, Richard Lewis obviously has been in poor health and. I think anybody who's been watching Curb has seen has how known it's, that for years. Yeah, yeah, it's impacted him um, this late point in his life. But my God, what a genius! Interesting yeah. that now I'm sure there were still some more cameos of him in this mm-hmm. season of Curb. But, but the, golf, the last yeah. show that he was alive for, he's talking to Larry about putting leaving him, him money, yeah, putting him in his will. It was really, uh, yeah, Richard Lewis just there, there's. He's brilliantly, painfully funny, painfully funny, um, and and incredibly talented. And you know, it 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 sucks. Um, actually, I thought that um, his, Larry David's statement afterwards was really was great. Was really great. wonderful. Great. Um, made I, me sob, the yep, son of a bitch, yep. or something like that. Um, you know, it's fascinating. In the last couple of days. Who's on the uh, Morning Joe show that used to be on all the time? Is it Mike Barnacle? No, Mike oh, Barnacle. Oh. Maybe. He's the, like the Boston yeah, columnist. Yeah, yeah. He talked about him the other day that he had a relationship with him that started with a phone call that Richard Lewis to talk, and they used to talk for hours really? on phone calls. And then the guy who's on MSNBC – He's on in the mornings at 10 o'clock, and he sits in for um, the news anchor. Uh, who's the NBC news anchor? Is uh, Holt. Lester Holt. Lester yes. Holt. He sits in, um, is it Jose Maria Olathabo? No, that's the golfer. Um, uh, do you know who I'm even yeah, talking about? Second. He All of a sudden, he's on his show yesterday talking about that that Richard Lewis had called him and they had a relationship really talking about his social issues. And he, the thing he was remarked on was what a sweet Jose guy. Diaz Ballard. Ballard. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're quicker at looking things yeah. up than me, but I mean, that is really odd to hear these two political punsters or a, you know, a newsman talk about the relationship they had with Richard Lewis. 
He's really pretty. Uh, well, he's a brilliantly smart man on top of being no very funny. So yeah. I, I don't know that I'm that surprised by it. The statement that Larry David, uh, Richard and I were born three days apart in the same hospital, and for most of my life he's been like a brother to me. He had that rare combination of being the funniest person and also the sweetest. But today he made me sob, and for that I'll never forgive him. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Just yep. perfect. Perfect. Um, in his response. Um, yeah. Safe home, Richard Lewis, and a, a life of of brilliant. I mean, just one of the funniest people that there ever A life ever well was. lived. I mean, incredibly well lived. So, yeah, that. thank you for reminding me. That was a just, huge, huge bummer. Just a huge bummer. All right, sorry. You were talking yeah, about this guy from Weber State. That yeah, nobody, it it's really Weber, matter. by the way, not Weber. Weber State. Are we sure? Yes. 100% we- yep. Weber? Weber State. Yep. I've always called the home that. of Harold the Show Arsenault once upon a time. It's definitely Weber. Weber State. Yep. Promise you that. I can't Promise so you. I can't call it Weber anymore. I mean, if you'd like to, I don't know that anybody's gonna come after you. Like Weber State. Weber State. Do you yes. like to be Why wrong? are you so bothered you like by it? I don't know. i I mean it's it's like the it's Berenstein Weber. Bears. It's like I the, I don't I don't know what that is. The, I can't tell the you. The Berenstein Bears, right? If you say so, I don't know. I'm telling I you never heard of the Berenstein Bears thing? I know who they you are. You know the Mandela effect? Oh, where you you're convinced that it's yeah. spelled one way. Yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with it. I just don't care. Um Positive I, as well. I can speak to you definitively. It's Weber State. You have to call somebody. Yeah. Call whoever you want to call. You're going to uh, get Dylan the same Jones answer. Had tw- uh, 30, 20, and 8 assists last night. Uh, and over the last five seasons, he is the only college basketball player to do that and only the fifth player in NBA or Division One basketball to have 30, 20, and 8 in a game. Apparently, at some point, the provost at Weber State had to address Tim Cook because Tim Cook from Apple kept calling it Weber and had to explain to him that it's Weber. It's Weber. All right, well, then he's going to do the same with me, I guess. I, I don't know why you care. Keep going. Who are the four NBA players who have had 30 points, 20 rebounds, and eight assists in the last five seasons? The last five seasons, 30 yes. points, 20 rebounds. Uh, Luka. Uh, yes. Uh, Jokic. Yes. In five seasons, mm-hmm. and there's two more? There's two more. Pretty elite company for Dylan Jones. 20 rebounds. Yeah, and 30 points. Well, yeah, but like it's so you want it like the people that like when you think 30 points, you're like, oh, LeBron, but like 20 rebounds would be a staggering. Really? LeBron had a 20 rebound? Yeah, 30, 20, and 8, LeBron. Jesus. That's stunning. Um, Embiid. Uh, No, not Embiid. Close. 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 Yeah. Close yeah. to Embiid yeah. because it's somebody else who plays in International, Philly? like an international player. That's what you came up with, close for I mean, Embiid? Yeah, well, I mean, I think he's close. Close. An- another international player. East Conf- Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference. Oh, Giannis. Yes. Yeah, okay, Giannis. sorry. Giannis, yeah. Luka, Jokic, and LeBron is who Dylan Jones joins over the last five seasons of basketball. Right, but he doesn't really. Dylan Jones did it at Weber State. Um. <laughs> It's not quite, but it the hasn't same. been done by anyone else. In I understand that. Like in the last five <laughs> years. All right, fine. Is that is that the? Uh, I, mean, I guess I could make that. Uh, LeBron uh, also outscored uh, with the Lakers. Uh, whoever they played two nights ago, he outscored uh, uh, the opposing team in the fourth quarter. For did I see there's some controversy that maybe he had already passed forty thousand points, and there was like an accounting error <laughs> that really? like that somebody like a writer. Said I went back. I and went did, back and looked at every point. He ever and I'm pretty sure he's already surpassed forty thousand points. Like Dave McMenamin maybe said something like that. I am James Bracecorner. How close, LeBron? 
Uh, I mean, everyone's acting like he has not hit it. No, I know. That's the point. Officially, the records say, but I'm telling you. This is the Talia thing that we're... It's sort of like that. You better not say that because they're going to get mad at me. Okay, sorry. Um, uh, no active anyway. No active NBA player has so so. It was the 18th time LeBron outscored the opponent in the fourth quarter alone. Yeah, all right, Dave McMenamin. New video. Join Kevin Nagandi on SportsCenter where I explained that LeBron James is actually coming into the night with 40,024 career points already by my calculations. So someone ignored like a 30-point game he had. I don't know. I don't. I didn't watch the video. I don't know what he's trying to say. Um. 18th time that he has outscored the opponent in the fourth quarter by himself. Uh, that is most among active players. Well, I mean, he was facing the Wizards, so like... Well, yeah. Oh, was this not the I, last yeah, I think it was two nights, two nights. Yeah, it was okay. three nights ago, right. whatever right. it was, yeah. Um, it uh, might have been the, a real The team. second most by an active player is three. There's like six guys that have done this three times. I mean... So LeBron 18. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. And you, I guess you guys aren't going to like it, but he is going to be on. He's going to be on my list when you said your favorite. Fine. I don't. It's your favorites. Five. I don't care who's your favorite. I don't care that. Um. All right, I, by, by the way, I'm also last... not trying to deny. Like, my, I don't think LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time, but I think he's in the conversation as the greatest basketball player of all time. Like, I don't think that's. Well, he should be good. I forgot. Yeah, that's why I have not taken as much personal joy in watching LeBron James as I did in other guys, but. I'm not trying to deny his great. It's not me like LeBron James sucks. Like no, not at all. Go ahead. Uh, Demar Derozan. This will be the, my final two. Demar Derozan uh, last night scored. Uh, he played the entire game, 48 minutes, had zero turnovers, 35 points, and 10 rebounds. It is only the seventh time that this has been done in NBA history. 35 with, points, 10 with, rebounds, with no, no turnovers. turnovers. And so they played specific. the entire game, 48 plus minutes. And that could be anybody. Like there's no way. The other six are all in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you're just trying to guess. Magic. No. Yeah, I guess this one would be tough. But just bird? Get, should get them. Bird? No, not Bird. <laughs> but, but we're just telling you, guess Hall of Famers. Oscar Robertson, Dominique Wilkins, Tim Duncan, Carl Malone, Kevin Garnett. Bobby Dandridge. No. Wes Unsell. That be good, I guess. Uh, no. <laughs> this, is, this is stupid. Dirk Nowitzki. Hakeem yes. L- hey. Dirk. George Gervin. Two. No, not sure. Hakeem Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. Jerry West. Mm-hmm. Elgin Baylor. Oh, no, sorry. Different. Uh, <laughs> got really excited. Did I mention got really Did excited. I mention a name? Is a bullet. There is a bullet on here. There's a bullet on here. Elvin Hayes. Elvin, Elvin Hayes. Hayes. Yeah. Hayes. That's why he said Elgin, and I was like, yeah, oh, no, no, no. Got it. <laughs> Elgin Baylor was one of them? No, he no. wasn't. Surprisingly, because he's on every other list. Kevin McHale. No. Larry Bird. No. Reggie Miller. There is a, uh, a Celtic. Is a Celtic. Bill Kevin Russell. Garnett. No, not Kevin Garnett. Bill Russell. No, he played with Kevin Garnett, played with oh, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce, Paul yes. Pierce. In 2005, did this. Dwayne Wade. No, not Dwayne Wade. No, he's not in yet, is he? Um, no, I guess not. Yeah, Pierce would be the most Dr. Recent. J. No, not Dr. No, not, not, not Billy Dr. Cunningham. Not Alex, Billy Cunningham. Alex English. Yes, Alex English. Hey. In 1983. Three. Only taking us fifty just, guesses. Just guessing as many Hall of Famers as I can think of. So David Robinson. Two more, not David Robinson. Tom Heinsohn. No. Jerry West. No. Bob Pettit. No. Mitch Richmond. No. Rick Barry. Uh, okay, so one. Chris Mullen. No. Chris Weber. No. Grant Hill. Tracy McGrady. Yes, Tracy hey. McGrady. Also in 2005, did it a month before Paul Pierce did. We still need one more. We do still need one Scottie more. Scotty Pippen. Uh, no. Michael Jordan. This is the right era. Right era. Isaiah Thomas. No. The right era. Yes. The right era. 
Era. Era. Allen Iverson. No, not AI. He's getting a statue. Is he? Yeah. Good for him. He won a lot of championships. <laughs> Jason Kidd. Practice? Steve Nash. No. You're going a little too... Hard for a point guard. Too, like, I guess Carl Malone. A little before. A little before. I guess we're... What? You, you, were, you were hot. You were warmer with Isaiah Thomas and Scotty and okay. MJ. Did I say Chris Mullen? Uh, Patrick not Ewing? Chris Mullen. Yes, Patrick Ewing. Hey! There you go. Well done. DeMar wow. DeRozan. Just kept naming all the good players, and we eventually <laughs> got there. How about Alex that? English, Elvin Hayes, Patrick Ewing. Remember when I was going to try to get out of here early to go to a basketball game, and then we spent five I minutes said, guessing no, basketball not players. Not so fast, my friend. Yeah, that's exactly. You very much Lee Corsoed me. Tubular is brought to you by Toyota. Again, play Pick'em during the basketball playoffs at the high school level by going to countysportszone.com. It's proudly brought to you by your local Toyota dealers. Here's what's coming up uh, this weekend. I can't do all of it. Uh, today, CIAA tournament semifinals. Uh, women's underway. Um, they go throughout the day on ESPN+. Plus. Then the championships tomorrow. The women's championship on ESPN+. Plus at 1. The men's championship on ESPNU at 4. Um, Orioles Braves today. Tyler Wells, Bryce Elder. There's an audio broadcast if you're an MLB TV subscriber. And then, as we mentioned, tomorrow is on TV again on Masson for the Yankees and Orioles. Marcus Stroman, Cole Irvin. It's also on MLB Network if you're listening That's elsewhere. Right. So um, you can check it out there. They'll be on the radio on Sunday for the Pirates game. I don't think we have pictures for that one just yet. Mm, tomorrow, Towson Wilmington, two o'clock on CBS Sports Network. <laughs> gotta, gotta have this it. Is, this is the winner gets up gets <laughs> yeah, the gets get the double buy. Uh, lacrosse tomorrow, ESPN Plus, Loyola Colgate at noon, Navy BU at 1, Navy American Hoops tomorrow at 2 on ESPN Plus, NC Central Coppin Hoops at 4, Army Loyola Hoops at 5. ACC Network, uh, so television for Hopkins, Virginia lacrosse tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Morgan's at home tomorrow against South Carolina State at 4.30. UMBC Towson lacrosse tomorrow, good local rivalry game. That's at noon on Flow Sports. Um, everything else can go Glenn Clark. Games at Towson, right? At at 12 noon? Correct. Correct. Exactly right. Uh, Maryland Hoops Sunday at 2 hosts Indiana on CBS. The women play at Indiana at 3 on Peacock. Why would they do that? That's a conversation for another day. Maryland Lacrosse is on TV on Sunday at noon on ESPNU against Notre Dame. That's a big one, Notre Dame. uh, Reeling a little bit after their loss to Georgetown, so that'll be a big showdown game there. Uh, women's Gold Cup quarterfinals on Sunday. The U.S. tries to bounce back from their stunning loss to Mexico when they take on Colombia at 8.15 on Paramount+. Plus. I love, how you, I love how you pronounce Colombia. Colombia. That's, That's Sunday night. Okay. Yep. It gives us something to watch on a Sunday night, Final. which is nice because we haven't had a lot of that. Uh, and the Academy Awards are next week, right? Yes, yeah, okay. next week. Non-sports this week. Um, new, two new, two more episodes of the Dynasty on Apple TV Plus. Napoleon also comes to streaming on Apple oh, okay. TV Plus. Oh, um, I don't have Apple TV Plus right now. No, I only get it when like Ted Lasso comes back, and then uh, I cancel it again like after that. Yeah, so. so. Um, Megamind is doing their. I don't know why they're. It's not on Peacock. They're doing like a. There's a show and a movie now. Sure. For Megamind, but sure. it's like none of the original cast, so it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> As everyone I knows, would have been, I would have been down. If I am a, If we're gonna get Megamind, I am a snob. We need the high high end. No Megamind. Will Ferrell, no Tina Fey. Like, what get, are we doing? Get here? on. Um, uh, Spaceman out on Netflix. This is the Adam Sandler movie. I don't know if you saw any of this. Paul Dano plays a giant spider. Okay. Gonna be a no for me, dog. And so he's on a he's on a solo mission on the ISS. Yeah. Uh, Why we he's keep getting moving? very 
you know, lonely, and then all of a sudden, I don't know if he's hallucinating it, but a uh-huh. giant spider. I don't, I don't think I can handle it. Cause I don't it's like, like if AI wrote an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, I don't know what they were really th- thinking. Yeah, the, this but that, by the way, we could say that about a lot of things. Go ahead. No. Stop. Do we need to do this again? No. Uh, Sydney Sweeney is hosting SNL. Oh, that's right. With Casey Musgraves. I wish I liked Casey Musgraves. <laughs> like everybody, th- like convinced that she should be up my alley. I just don't. She just doesn't do anything for Why me. Be Casey Musgraves. Andrew Stecker gets personally offended whenever I talk you don't about like Casey, Casey Musgraves. Musgraves. I'm like, I'm sorry. Just doesn't do anything for me. Um, and then Curb on a Sunday night as well. Very good. Very good. Stan, power rankings on Monday. Power rankings on Monday. Ross, uh, Luke, and I will chat in the four or five o'clock range and then uh hey. eric and i will chat uh from florida on uh thursday and yep stan's headed uh, and down. i'll be gone for two full weeks and we'll be checking in we'll be working on that but stan will be making appearances with us uh, from sarasota so we'll look forward to plenty that. of little video content yeah. and some shorter written pieces as well looking forward to it at Stan the Fan on Twitter is how you follow him. Thanks today to the great Bobby Dandridge. Thanks also to Joe Serpico. We'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the Oh my God, it's so good. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Jim Callis is going to join us on That's Monday. That's the plan, yes, Jim uh, Callis. He saw the uh, Paul Skeens-Jackson Holiday matchup uh, We had yesterday. a chance to chat with Jackson Holiday as oh, well. How about that? So we'll talk to Jim Callis uh, on Monday's show and stuff and things. Don't forget the bat around tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., same locations. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Roos Chris, Atman's Deli, Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, Glory Days Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin's underscore bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go all the local teams. Go Duke. Towson basketball. Sure, much needed. Duke sucks. <laughs>